This is for you, Pat. another week of SVS Fly Fishing Podcasting. Shoot, man. After last week, I think we need to slow down a little bit, boys. Woo-wee. <laughs> did anyone listen to that show? Wow. <laughs> no, I did not. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> There's a lot of things I said that I don't remember saying. So. <laughs> oh. Yeah, me too. But, man. Hey, we, uh, we were having a little inner conversation between us and a couple buddies about Adam Levine and Prince last night. I think Adam Levine's a better artist. I think I'm the only oh, one at this. Jesus. I think I'm the only one at this table that says that. So, uh, hey, if if anyone wants to voice their opinion, reach out to Jay or Mark or myself or Pat Lombardo at <laughs> Bent Barb Company <laughs> or Bent Barb Fly on Instagram and uh, let us know who you guys think is better. Mr. Mustachio. This song is more for Pat's mustache than for Pat. You know, no, man, <laughs> I. I I don't know if you want to, before I start ranting and raving about how big of a lunatic you must be, uh, do you want to... Are you wanna, fucking Bono? Do we wearing wanna... sunglasses in the studio? <laughs> it, it's still light outside, for God's sakes. Thank God for that, too. Uh, but do, w- let's get to our... Uh, we are brought to you by Predator Fly Gear. You can find them at predatorflygear.com before this goes way too crazy. <laughs> Tonight's show is being recorded at the Urban Fly Company studio. Check them out at urbanflycompany.com, and you can buy all your Allsdorf genetic hackle at urbanflycompany.com. 
Much smoother than last time. God, I'm not 84 beers deep like I was last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the felt like. Uh, tied on A-Rex hooks. Check them out, arexhooks.com. Sims Fishing, all your outer gear. Hey, it's getting sunny. Find anything else out there, too. Simsfishing.com. Hey, check out Yeti, man. Built for the wild. Why not fishing? Check out their after dock. Okay, back to uh, Prince. No, Prince is a mate. Prince could play like 20-some instruments by the age of 12. We could look this shit up. So could These Ab- are actual so facts. So Adam Levine. Maybe oh, he could. Maybe he could. Look at the vein in Jay's head. <laughs> Maybe he could. It's Paul's like, but it wasn't oh, as. It's not as but, cool as Prince did. But he's not Prince. He's not. Prince. He's not Prince. No, he's no Prince. Oh, he slayed way more. Poop I than. don't think so. I. Hey, Prince let, didn't sell out. Amen. There Prince and didn't sell Prince out, lived though. like Prince, I was talking about. Prince lived in like the era of lewds and cocaine, dude. That was like the time of just free sex. Let everybody just fuck everybody. Sorry, I knew this was gonna go way crazy, but. I mean, it was just a different era back then. No, you're absolutely crazy. I'm telling you, man. M. Levine slayed way more people. lived in the 2000s where people talk to each other through computers. They aren't even in person. That's how we talk anymore. That's how we talk. We don't talk when we're not sitting at this table. We text each other. I don't know, Mark. I I think I couldn't even convince you guys to go to the bar with me this afternoon. <laughs> Adam Levine's Makes not even a point. Yeah, Adam Levine's there, not even close. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> the, where we where we put in, I would have went there. Yeah. Yeah. We should go there. So I have never been in that since it changed. And, and it's got like good food. Three times ago. What? Since the original one with the great well, wings. Yes, it was. Good. I haven't been back it since it good. changed. That was like yeah, twelve, fourteen well, years ago at least. I yeah. haven't been in it since it changed its name. Are you serious? Yeah. We I lived in Columbus, dude. Yeah, but you've lived here for s- four years, I've five used years? your parking lot frequently yeah. for the last oh, three, four years. Sure. <laughs> we go there quite a bit with my old man. They have good wings, man. It, it looks they, have, they have good food, and their beer's cheap and cold. And it's a good place. It's a good place to be. It looks nice. It looks like it get, must get a lot of business because it's blown up. It's so got we a go, lot of we walk in after work one night, and we wade that back section, catch a handful of smallies, and we come back up, grab a sandwich, have a beer. I'm in. Uh... I always, when uh, when I used to fish the wall quite frequently, mm-hmm. I would I would go to High Street a lot. Mm. Because I've never been in there either. Their wings are off the chain. Still are good. Uh, last time we went in, they were they were they were still good. Cool. Always nice to have good wing places in the back pocket. It's a must. So uh, we had brought something up the today during the float that uh the Jay is not privy to. That we didn't get a chance to tell Jay because we're we want an on air reaction to this. Sir, this goes left and loud real quick again. Hold on, we'll see. It might, but it might not. Um, so let let's start off with our last week's show. Mm-hmm. So we ended up finishing the show about eight thirty nine o'clock last week, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we went out to the garage and started drinking beers, and our buddies were there. Uh, Ernie. He came up to me. He's like, "Hey, man, I got something to got something to ask you." All right, what, what's going on, bud? Said, so, you want to be at my wedding? I said, "Fuck yeah!" So, I'm gonna be in Ernie's wedding. That's pretty cool. Oh yeah. He was like, "Like, well, when is it, man? When is it?" He's like, "10, 10, 20, 20, bro." I said, "I'm in. 10, 10, 20, 20. I'm in." Oh yeah, that face. I didn't realize it until the next day. So. I'm out for the Beast of the East. You're out. I'm out. I can't miss that wedding. No, no. I, I should probably, if I, I would probably imagine I would uh, be invited to hang out at least. 
not be in it. But uh, yeah, that 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 stinks. They've had this planned for three years. Oh, since, sure, sure. Since they got engaged three years ago, <laughs> it was yeah. ten, ten, twenty, twenty. Huh. So uh, <clears throat> that's gonna be fun. Um, I'm playing a bachelor party. Yeah, boy. Fuck yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah, he, it. You know, they're having uh, marriage a little later. You know, than a lot of us. And you know what? Michelle's not that that old, man. Oh. Uh, oh, uh, you know, Ernie is. <laughs> he's he, he's got to be damn near thirty-seven. So. No, he's. He's already 37. Oh, there you go. That's what I'm saying. So, but, yeah, you know, you don't usually, you know, this late, you don't usually get to plan uh, bachelor parties, but that should be a good time as well. I know. I'm, it's weird. Uh, I know all the dudes. There's only three other dudes in the wedding wedding party. Mm-hmm. I know them. Dustin and his brother? Dustin, his brother, and a, another guy named Tommy. Okay. I don't know any other telephone numbers to call them. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I might have Steve's, but other than that, I don't know any other phone numbers to call him to say, "Hey, let's plan something freaking epic." Well, if you get Steve's, you can get Dustin's. And so. uh, my wife actually said, "You can go to a strip club if you must." I said, <laughs> "I must, I must." <laughs> so, uh, if anyone knows, we're probably gonna have traveling for this bachelor party also. If anyone, all my buddy said was he wants to do something extreme. Well, you better go to Vegas. I don't know. I don't know if that means doing uh, corona-infected hookers, or uh, or jumping off a building with a bungee cord. <laughs> I don't know what kind of extreme we want. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I don't, you don't want to hear my two cents. If I mean, if you're going to go extreme, I mean, you know, I mean. Well, Vegas lines on strippers' titties. I mean, come on. I mean, it doesn't get much more crazy than that. I if mean, you wake up with a line in your bathroom. You did okay. We're we're pretty much old dudes. Yeah, we don't do drugs I'm anymore. Uh, and <laughs> you're not gonna go live like eighty rocks, eighties <laughs> rock stars. Obviously, Ex- uh, we might live like eighties rock stars. We're not gonna live like, mm. not gonna live like the Rolling Stones. No, no, dude. <laughs> oh, They're gonna outlive everybody. But he want he wants to do something fun like a. Whitewater raft or do something something to that effect. That would be cool as hell. Um, I I don't know what to do because he's done the New River, mm. and that's pretty much the best one on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. So I, it's just thinking thinking what we can do. Uh, everything else is. Let's just go to Colorado. <laughs> There's a lot of great whitewater rafting there. A lot of great time. I mean, a lot of green. Sure, <clears throat> everybody will have fun. I won't. They'll make me. They'll put me in a coma. Bring man. my, bring my buddy. <laughs> All you have to do is walk around, you know, with the, with a nice well, contact. That was the issue. Walk. <laughs> Th- that makes it totally impossible. <laughs> the whole city's not in a cloud, for gosh sakes. Maybe it is. I don't know. I haven't been there in a while. I did have a bachelor when? party at Ohio Pile before. Did you? Mm-hmm. Is it pretty good? We stayed in like a big. We were in one of the big, massive houses, right? Kind of like. Know, a few miles up the road. It was neat. I mean, the tough part was at the time of the year we were there, it was low. It was like end of September. So water was super low. And I mean, some of it was pretty fun, but a majority of what would have been a lot more fun was... Was just super yeah. low. Yeah. So if you're trout fishing, it'd be sweet. It would have been perfect for that. 
It's just a neat setting, but I mean, you're tucked away. There's nothing there. So it's not like you're going to go out and do things or go do this or that. I mean, it's you're tucked into wherever you're staying at the end of the night having fires and stuff. There's nothing else. And I know dudes that do that in drift boats. I'm like, eh. it'd be sweet if we could do that, like do an overnighter or something. But I don't know if that's something he'd be into. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you could do it in a drift boat. Mm. Mm. I'm just saying, I, I know people that have. You I, could take you could take the Smithfly. It might do a little better than a drifter. It probably would. But once again, if it's three, there's four in a wedding party and a groom. And we got to fit a, a stripper in there somehow. And imagining like 15 of his other buddies that I know. want to hang out. I was trying to think how I can mount a stripper pole in the middle of my drift boat. Hmm. <laughs> and make it functional. So what date are you planning this uh, are we, extravaganza for? Like Nothing I said, I, I don't even know the other guys in the wedding party's phone numbers. So loose, loose plans yet? Yeah, no loose plans. <clears throat> Best one I ever went to was a, uh, honestly, uh, I had a couple that were fun, but uh, I liked the one my buddy had a paint had a paintball place. And it was it was like uh, fifth, I was probably 13 on 12. You know, and a bunch of guys from uh, OU. The other team was a bunch of a bachelor party from Miami of Ohio, which those two schools hate each other anyway. So it was awesome. It was a like, real big place. They had forts built and everything. You could like s- sneaking into forts, watch two guys come into this fort as I'm st- tucked into the corner, and I'm just peeling them. Pop, 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 pop. And they're just, oh, stop, stop. I mean, and then I got bored with being in the fort, kind of tried to bust a corner, and man, did I get peeled like six times, right in the, oh, all up and down. Face. Oh, and you could see you could see the whole line where it just right down my body welts, pop, 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 pop. welts all over the place. And great time though. I mean, it's that's a lot of fun. Especially you get a. I never had it where there were big teams like that and actually like bunkers and all kinds of things to actually play on. So that was a good time. I would do that again as a bachelor party if you could get the teams to be big enough and fun. You know, where it's like army style <laughs> referees and everything. So long. That would be a good time. So. <clears throat> Didn't 50 Cent get shot? Like, oh, yeah. Like eight or nine times? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you like that, don't you, Mark? The little callback. <laughs> so, uh, Mark and I ended up going fishing last Monday. We uh, we went to a, a local lake. And how long were we out in the water? Maybe two and a half, three hours. You found out another lake a little further out would have been, was had some ice on it? No, it wasn't. Oh, that one, yeah. yeah. That were our initial plan. Yeah, it was still yeah. iced. Okay. So, yeah, we switched back. Actually, the one we went to still had some ice on it, too. Yeah, there was, like, just enough room to get the boat in and out of the bay. And just enough. And then there were people ice fishing off docks. And then it started blowing, like, absolute ridiculous. As soon as that sun and everything crested, it was, like, immediate wind and just sustained 20, 25s. It was rough, man. Uh, we did mark some fish, and we found a bunch of shad. We sp- we found the bait, but it was was hard. it was it anywhere like what we were seeing happen today with them? Were they just peeled everywhere, all over yeah. like our like our local too? Yep. But they were in the lake portion, so they yeah. were swimming around. They were in big schools swimming around, and when we we'd throw a fly to them, we'd pull like two or three shad back on our flies. So it, it was weird. Uh, All we could really do is tuck behind islands. Yeah. And just try to block the wind and just fish a small section really hard, and that was it. 
We tried shooting over to the other side of the lake, seeing if maybe the trees on the other side would block it before it hit the uh, hit the openness of the lake. That didn't work either. And the bays were all, like you said, that you couldn't really get back in bays and even beat up on that because they were so iced over or whatever. Back of the bays were iced. By the time you finally broke the wind, it was two foot of yeah. mud. Yeah. Huh. So as soon as you yeah, it just blew you out of everything. I think we're just a couple weeks out of, you know, yeah, where we're going to be in at our prime time, you know, because the walleye are going to start hitting, you know, certain places and all them other fish are going to be following them to certain places as well. well. The weird part is it's almost like we've kind of hit the peak of the coldness a couple weeks ago and then it just shot straight up. So this transition period with these fish is whacked right now. It is. And it and it's hard for us because it's nice out and it's nice for us, so we think we should be out there doing it, you know, putting our work in and trying to catch some fish. And it's just, they're, they're not ready yet. No. We should be taking our uh, Christmas lights down and um, cleaning up our yards and cutting trees up and <laughs> <laughs> and waiting a couple of weeks till the fishing's going to be on, on fire. Yeah, they're all out of, I mean, kind of that feed mode that they had all winter with that warmer water, and now it's pre-spawn and shifting around. I think they're just looking for even, you know, just a little bit warmer water even just yet. They're that the water for the uh, the winter season was warm, you know, and now they're trying to that like you said that transition and they're looking for a little bit warmer oh, probably up. We're 46 today water temp. It's surprising we didn't touch a fish. It well, was, look uh, the at it. it was like yeah, chocolate muddy. milk. Yeah. That's a problem. They're just they're still just sucking mud right through the top. That wind doesn't help. That wind with that little water up there, all it's doing is churning that in the mud, blowing it right out the bottom of it. Yeah, that's going to be sense. like that for a while until we can finally get that table up. But I don't, I don't know They should why. leave it low right now, that's though. Well, this is the right thing to do. Yeah, but we're kind of, I mean, think about it. I mean, we got rain coming. Once that rain passes through, I mean, we're into spring now. We're into that yeah. season where you should start filling it up now. So now we should start seeing hopefully a period where if it's that low, they're going to need fill-up period. I hope they leave it low until they have to really fill it up, though. Because if they, you know, let a lot of water up as it goes out. If we can at least keep it manageable for a while, 600, 7, even 800, but the consistency of 12 to 2,400, you just can't do nothing. Well, that's what I mean. I'd rather them have it low to right instead of up to right. You know what I mean? So, and then every time it gets way over, now now it's, now when you get some rain, and now it's way over the level. Well, last year, I mean, the issue was it was just kept pour after pour, so it was just blow it out, blow it out, blow it out. And every time it would drop, it would pour again, and then it would go right back to 3,000. Then it would drop, and it pour, and it just it was a never-ending cycle. We just couldn't beat last year until June, end of June, into July by the time we finally got on there. That and the way they manage that lake is for the Pittsburgh area. Correct. So, it's not what's going on here. It's... How much water is getting pumped into the Pittsburgh area from everywhere else? I mean, even though it was a useless float for the fishing side of them, I'm happy we did it. I, I had a great it, time yeah, today. It good, good fun. It's nice going down and seeing it that time. And again, I mean, shit, I drank, I drank six high lifes on the the float. It was a good time. <laughs> we casted, we fished hard. Yeah. Kyle oh, went here they should be here. It's a deep pool. You, Stay down. I found Jay's breaking point today. Can we talk about this for a second? How much longer do we have to we have our guest? We get twelve minutes. Oh yeah, talk about it. I can I can talk about your breaking point. <laughs> yeah, it was an uneventful uh float, but you know, as far as the fishing went, it was slow. But it was still nice. I mean it wasn't bad. It was hella better than sitting on the damn couch with no with no sports. So 
Jay said, oh, man, I got to take a piss. So he's like, oh, oh. he maneuvered and he like came back in the back because at the, at the point he was rowing. So he came back and stood with me in the back and like he knelt down and put his knees on the, the tubes of the raft. And he's like, I, I found, or I saw him like hunting for his wiener because he was so bundled up. He couldn't find it, it was under like eight layers of clothes. <laughs> That's not the reason, but yeah, thanks, Chad. And it, you know, I'll it, take it. It's an inch and a half long. Yeah. So, uh, I found out what to do to Jay to make him not be able to pee. <laughs> you stroke him softly on his back and sides, like caress the inside of his ribs. I don't think and, I could pee if my wife was doing and that. Under his arms. <laughs> I, I was like giving him the, the little mice on the back of his neck and rubbing his side. He's like, dude, I can't go. You you got to stop. <laughs> You don't do that to somebody unless you know them well, I'd say. <laughs> That's messed up. Oh, it was totally messed up. I felt. Oh, re- I was laughing hysterically in front of the boat. I can tell you that. I felt really weird doing it, but I couldn't stop myself. <laughs> Not weird enough to stop. It's like looking at a what is it? Looking at a train wreck. Yeah. I just can't stop looking. Oh, it's like a fat lady's boobs. At Walmart, you know, you see them, and then you gotta like follow her around because you can't look away. It's like oh. You know what they say after you see one set of boobs? You want to see them all. You want to see the rest. <laughs> Thank you, Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> now roll them things up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, uh, do we have anything else we want to talk, to, talk say, about? That's about perfect to end on. We'll come back with the guest. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. It'll get we'll a little be right better, there. hopefully. And we are back with Mickey Grant. What's happening, brother? What's going on? Uh, not much, man. Just trying to straighten up my fly time bench. It always seems to get loaded with shit, and I can't keep it clean. So maybe you can give me a tip on how to do that. Because yeah. I can't figure it out. You're talking to the wrong guy here. Maybe Mark can. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I can't even fit my pedestal vice on my tying desk most of the time. Pick, right on. pick up the shop vac, turn it on, close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't found uh, a, a very good way of organizing the chaos that, you know, comes with fly tying. So I've got a little bit of this here, a little bit of that there. The good thing is that I know where everything's at in this pile of garbage that I've got straight up everywhere. But uh, it, it's organized chaos, I guess. So sometimes piles of garbage, do you ever make them into uh, big dubbing brushes? Uh, you know, I haven't done the dubbing brushes, man. I've... Um, I do have, I bought this thing off of eBay. It's called a Boggs tackle maker, you know, for like spinning up like spinners or whatever. I haven't done those, but I, I bought it to make my own shanks, you know, for, uh, for the articulated flies. But, um, I don't know. I might dabble into making the brushes. I haven't done that yet though. I like just using all the garbage that I cut off of hooks and stuff and just making yeah. a, a big garbage pile brush. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to want to throw away that material, man. You can just pay money for it you don't want to just see go in the trash and chuck it you know so might want to reuse it i'm I'm with you so mickey uh do you want to give us a little bit of backstory let let people know where you're from and uh how you got into fly fishing a little bit yeah yeah um i'm from western north carolina the the Asheville area i grew up in a small town called brevard and you know as a as a young kid here in the summers 
there's not really anything to do growing up in the woods aside from, you know, creek hop and try to catch native trout. So that's really what I used to do as a young kid growing up on my family's property. We called it the farm, um, you know, and in my early teen years, there was a guy that moved up there that we sold some land to. So he opened up a trout farm and that's where I had my first job, you know, as a teenager cleaning trout tanks for Chris. And, you know, after work, I would, on the weekends, I'd go down, he had a big settling pond down there that he would let fish just kind of like escape, if you will, out of the, the raceways. And I'd go into the, the grass fields out there and I'd stalk grasshoppers and I'd throw them on my rod, you know, I'd hook them. I didn't have flies. I just had hooks. So, but what's better for a, a trout than a live grasshopper. So I'd cast them out there and just watch them get eat and just be in heaven, man. It was awesome. So I've always been interested in fishing and, uh, it's just, I can't really ever seem to, to get away from it. You know, I, so. I know a couple guys that live in Brevard and, uh, is that right? Yeah. Uh, Scott Graham, uh, Scott Graham. I don't know. I don't think I know Scott. He, uh, I know a lot of, I know a lot of guys by like dude or man. So he's probably a dude or a man. So like, what's up, dude? He's a, he's an older <laughs> dude, but, uh, okay. Yeah. So that makes him a man. <laughs> yeah. So he's probably a man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that seems like Mecca for, for fly fishing. Oh dude, it's, there are so many, uh, freestone trout rivers here. You've got the Davidson river. It's one of the blue ribbon trout streams in the Southeast. It's everybody knows about the Davidson. I actually learned how to swim on that river. Um, it's famous for big browns and rainbows. Um, you know, then we've got the French broad river. Uh, it's famous for the muskies and the smallmouth bass, you know, and then we've got the Nola Chucky just over the border in Tennessee. It's famous for the muskies and the smallmouth, and there's gar in there along those gar. So yeah, we're, I'm blessed, man. I, I've got good water here. Um, you know, healthy river systems and, uh, ample opportunity to get out there and chase some fish. And even in the lake impoundments around here, we've got really big common carp, you know, that everybody considers them a trash fish because they're bass fishing, right? Well, I want to go out there and I'll throw some flies at those carp, man, because I tell you what, a 20-pound fish on a seven-weight rod, that's a good time. Hell yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is fun. Did you ever get them to come up on top? I have. I have, for sure. Uh, it's funny that you say that because in 2017, we had a cicada hatch out here, the 17 year cycle cicada bugs. And, uh, my buddy gave me some Intel that Lake James over in, uh, Marion, North Carolina is just east of Asheville was having a big 17 year cycle hatch. And we're talking like millions of bugs per square acre or per square mile rather. And these hatches get so heavy and thick. Do you remember the old school movie, War of the Worlds? Yeah, from back in the day. Yes. Yes. So when these bugs mate, when the males are like attracting the females, their their mating song sounds like the War of the Worlds uh, sound effects when they shoot their like vaporizer rays or whatever it is. That's what it sounds like going all around you. It's really, really trippy. But these huge carp, man, they'll come up for those bugs. And so... If you can fashion a pattern that somewhat matches the hatch, man, you don't even have to be close to them. You can just plop it next to them. They feel the presence on the water, and they will absolutely do a 180 and just come and sip it like a trout would a dry fly. Set the hook, and 
you're you're hanging on because they're going to bulldog straight down to the bottom or they're going to go straight for a brush pile and it is a shit show so fun you you've got to do that uh we're, we're having another hatch in the appalachian region here this summer late may early june so i think it's going to be in let's see virginia west virginia ohio region maybe even up where you guys are like western pa so um i'll forward you the link to uh, cicadamania.com and you you guys need you you need to follow that because that is that is an absolute like must for dry fly fishing doesn't get any better in my opinion we were supposed to get it around here last year but the the way that the uh the weather worked that the what's called the uh the ground temperature never got to the right temperature around here for the cicadas to to actually hatch So I didn't yeah, well, see, hopefully, I didn't see hopefully it'll one. get warm enough. Hopefully it'll get warm enough and they'll hatch out, man. Because I mean, there's like if you've not witnessed that, that is the pinnacle of of dry fly fishing. You know, I mean, it's not like a parachute atoms or anything. You're throwing like big foam bugs, you know. And these fish, like me and my buddy Ryan, we went out to Lake James, and oddly enough, that's where Blaine Chocolate filmed his uh, little short film, uh, Cicada Apocalypse. You guys should check that out. Look that up on YouTube. Or, or actually, I think it's on Vimeo. Uh, check that out. That's the same lake that we were at fishing the dry flies. I messaged Blaine. I was like, dude, I think I saw you on that lake. And he's like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met Blaine in person, but we have a really good mutual friend. Um, and so he was like, yeah, dude, these, these bugs are just going off, man. I, I've got to I got to be all over this. So it was uh, it was good times. Hopefully you guys can experience that this summer. You, you got to try it. Yeah, hopefully we can. That that sounds like a great time. It's uh, it's it's amazing. Do you fish for carp much when uh when the cicadas aren't hatching? Do you uh subsurface fish, fish for them at all? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I have most success with them. You know, here uh, we've got a lot of dragonfly nymphs and damselflies. I'm sure you do up there as well. But the one number one producer for me for carp is uh, the loco moco fly. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that. Not that one. Okay. I don't know what it represents. Um, maybe it's supposed to look like a clam shell that's that's opened up or whatever, but it's basically just gray hen saddle with a little bit of um, pink dubbing, lead eyes, and then you've got this like inch-long tail made out of like monofilament coming off the back of the hook. And then these little foam discs that you're supposed to thread on there with a needle. Yeah. And it sits there. It sits there and dangles up. You know, when you strip it, it jigs up. And then that thing like wiggles down on the bottom. They go crazy over it, man. It's. I have one of those. Uh, I, I have no idea who the hell tied it. I, I was yeah. at a carp swap on the Drake message board like seven right. years ago. And yeah. Something, I mean, something. I got I to send you a bunch of flies, man. That's like I've got more shit down here than I can ever use in my entire life. It seems to be like my escape. Let's do a little uh, SVS Mickey Grant fly swap. We'll, uh, yeah, yeah, three, I'd love to do that, man. I'll send you a bunch of stuff. The three of us, uh, we'll we'll throw some uh, some shit together and uh, we'll swap some stuff out. I'm always giving flies to people. Dude, you gotta try this. You gotta fish that. Like, let me know what you think. You know, like, um, <clears throat> one of my good buddies used to guide for the uh, outfitters right down the street from me uh, on Davidson River. At, you know, name drop Davidson River Outfitters. There's the free plug for him. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, I gave him some trout flies that I've made. I was like, dude, you got to try these little sucker spawn flies that I made. Like, I cannot 
I can't not be successful with them. And he's like, well, what are they? And basically the whole premise of that was that that was during the pinnacle of like the squirmy worm phase. And that shit came out like three, four years ago. Everybody's you know going over overboard with the squirmies and everything, you know, instead of using like the chenille for the San Juans, they're using, you know, this uh, spirit river uh, squirmy stuff, this, silicone worm basically or they're going to dollar general and buying the balls and cutting the or, yeah, little tentacles yeah. off exactly like you, you just you know exactly what i'm talking about yes we do oh yeah oh we're dirty so, man <laughs> we live in steelhead so, alley what i was doing with those is that i'd i'd buy them in orange or yellow and then i'd tie them in overhand knots and make like a bunch of little nodules on them and then i'd just tie that around like a scud hook with a gold bead at the top and it looked like and felt like to the fish like a real sucker spawn. And so I gave him to Heath and he was like, oh, dude, I can't I can't let my clients fish this, man. They're going to fucking kill fish. They're going to be gut hooked. Like <laughs> I <laughs> he's like, they're just going to swallow this shit. Yeah, I can't I can't fish these with clients. I'll fish them, but I'm not giving any of my clients these to fish. They're, they're, they're going to kill the fish for sure. But uh, that was a um a good indication of how well he thought the flies were thought out and how well that, that they worked. You know? So well, you took uh, it as a compliment. You sent us a musky fly or a musky fly to try and it was totally right. totally thought out outside the box. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before we get into some musky talk, can you talk about the fly and like what brought you around to tying it differently? Yeah, for sure. So one of the big producers down here for brown trout, big predatory browns here in the Davidson River and the tributaries adjacent, is, you know, like just a regular old woolly bugger with marabou hanging off the back of it. Marabou is almost unique in the fact that it moves and undulates in the water. Basically, the current flowing over top of it makes it move and breathe like anything no one's ever seen. So I wanted to upscale that for muskie. So I tried experimenting with uh, Icelandic sheep hair for a while, but it got really, really heavy and it didn't move like what I wanted. So you know, I was digging through the bins and I found the stuff on the fly tying rack. Um, so it's called fin raccoon. Okay. So I bought some and I tried it out and I'll be damned if it doesn't have the same action as marabou. So, I decided to make these articulated streamers. Basically, it's, I mean, if you look at this fly, it's basically just a giant woolly bugger, right? It's an articulated woolly bugger, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's, that's all it is. It's, it's got uh, the uh, EP Senyo chromatic brush as an underbody. And then I've got the strip of fin coon over top, a little bit of uh, gold flash down the side. I gave you guys a tan one. Is that right? Yes. Okay, because I, I stuck a really nice muskie down here on my olive and white one. Hey, so, nobody likes a bragger. No, 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 they don't. They don't, but I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> yeah, no, well, it, it totally, it's, uh, it moves in the water like, you know, not like a normal Buford fly, you know. Um, you strip it, it darts around. It almost acts like one of Joe's flies, Joe Goodspeed. You know, it moves all around. It goes up and down, left and right. You don't really know where that fly is going to end up after your strip pause. But um, I just was tired of, you know, seeing guys pound the rivers here with the same Bufords, the same T-bones. And it's just like 
gear guys, you know, like if you're throwing that same hunk of plastic at those fish over and over again, you're going to start to pattern them and they're going to notice, okay, this, this thing is, I've seen this before. So I wanted to kind of give them something that no one else on the river is, is fishing. I'm the only guy tying this thing around here and probably anywhere else that I know of. And so I've been successful with it. Um, yep. You know, seeing Joe and seeing other people are doing outside the boxes, that give you a lot of inspiration to do what you were doing. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, we all the 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 musky fly fishing page that you know that Brad created years ago. Um, we all look to that for inspiration. You know, uh, there's there's a quote. I'm a musician also, and I love to tell people this quote. John Lennon once said that good musicians borrow, but great musicians steal. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not stealing anything, but you know, you always look to other people's posts, other people's flies and you're like, Oh, cool. Gunner's doing that. Yeah. I want to I try that. You know, um, you know, Tony, he's, he's got these cool like wiggle tails that he's putting on the backs of his flies. I'm going to try that, you know, see how it works. I got a good buddy up in, uh, uh, Virginia, um, Brent Perky, you know, I, I fished with him a bunch. He's a good dude. Solid kid. Uh, he, he sent me down, uh, some ideas, saw him at the fly show one time and, uh, he's using moose beard. You guys ever tied with moose beard before? No, but I saw those flies that he was tying and putting on the, uh, the musky fly page with the moose. Yeah. You got to try those, man. If you can, I'll, I've actually got a few of them. I'll, I'll send you one as well. It's so super stiff. It's like it, this material feels like it's you know it's like me at a taylor swift show right absolutely yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes so but uh yeah it's it's so stiff man this stuff absolutely moves water and so but that was my whole idea with the um you know with that fly that i sent you i i called it back then and on my youtube video um with the tutorial it's called a coon yodi streamer i don't know if i like that name so much i might delete that video and try uh, post a, a different one um, uh, I like to name Trash Panda for this fly. What do you guys think? Sounds way better. better. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. I, th- I think so too. Way better than Kumyoti. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Kumyoti's kind of a tongue twister, you know. So, um, but if you say Trash Panda, everyone everyone knows you're talking about raccoon. <laughs> exactly. That's what you call a raccoon, man. Like what 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 got in the garbage last night? Oh, it was another damn Trash Panda. So this this rolls off the tongue a little bit easier. So you can call it ringtail. Calling... Yeah, yeah, something. That's that's. I like that better than Coon Yodi. So. <laughs> so seeing that fly, do you ever scale that down for smallmouth? Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. That, I've got some single versions of this, you know. That looks um, like where it's Absolutely. I, I also make a little fly that I haven't done a video yet on, but I call it the 10-minute minnow. And it's just, it's killer for smallmouth. Um, I just cast it into riffles uh, on my seven weight. I've got like... Um, you know, a sink tip line, like a 290 grain and just strip it across the riffles, let it die a little bit, give a little jig action, you know, and always get smashed. So Mickey, let's, uh, let's go around the season with you when you're not at the Funkatorium. Right. Uh, how do you, how do you start your season out? Like, uh, let's start in January and work our way through the yep. year. Okay. What, what do so, you do in January? Um, I'm basically, I'm still musky fishing down here on the river, you know, uh, or trout fishing. The, the smallies are usually in the deeper holes here in the river. 
So my main quarry is probably trout or muskies. Then as we progress and further along, and, oh, go how ahead. are you targeting them? Are you, you drifting in a boat or you're walking, wading? What, what do you like doing that time of year? Well, we've got ample opportunities to, to actually wade or to drift for trout. So, but with the muskies here, man, you, you've got it. You can't, there's just, it's not possible to drift or to, to wade for them. You've, you've got to be in a boat. Um, the, the river system here that has all the muskies in it, uh, the main upper region of it was dredged a long time ago for a paddle boat. So it's like a big ditch. Uh, the banks just fall straight off into a big channel. So it averages about six to eight feet where all the fish are. And I don't know about you, but I'm not waiting that. <laughs> so maybe Shaq could, not me. Maybe, maybe so. Yeah. I mean, there's been plenty of time in the summers, you know, where I've been out there waiting for smallmouth. You know, and, and uh, there's a series of limestone ridges that shelves that go, you know, perpendicular to the river from bank to bank. And, man, if, if you're not careful, you'll step off in a hole that's over your head. And, you know, good thing it's wet wade time there because you're not wearing your waders. But I've gone over my head several times. And have to hold the fly right up. You know, lost a couple of foams, like got everything <laughs> wet. So. so it's super clear that time of year down there, right? Actually, the... The French Broad River that I fish for muskies and smallies in is clearer in the wintertime, and it gets yeah. like almost a dirty brown color in the summer. So it's kind of inverse to the rivers in Tennessee and Virginia. Okay. Cause so uh, like what, I said, uh, what rivers are you guys fishing up there? Uh, we're fishing little ones up, Shenango River. Right. It's up. We're right on the Ohio border. Okay, western PA, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, go Pens. Goddamn right. Yeah, my wife's family's go. from Pittsburgh, man. They they always give me shit. I'm a Carolina Panthers fan, you know, but uh, they always give me shit. Like, you know, so I don't ever hear the end of that. But I do like the Penguins. So, yeah. West Western Pennsylvania, I'm a Browns fan. So, right. <laughs> well, hey, you, I feel your pain, man. <laughs> We're not looking much better here lately. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's rough. It's been a rough go. Yeah, well, I've got I've got a quarterback, you know, for my team that likes to dress like a woman who just left a clearance racket, you know, uh, uh, whatever, you know. Wait, he's not playing so, anymore, isn't it? He's done. Yeah, like he's, he's you got a new guy what, now, right? Yeah. Um, we've got Will Greer, down. but you know they're they're thinking about bringing Cam back. You know, he's I don't know, he messed his foot up. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> hot hot NFL talk, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that. Well, that'll be the end of that discussion. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah, so as you know, in January and February, I'm going for trout. Um, I just did a float with my friend Corey over in Bryson City. It's closer to Tennessee, Western Carolina University, uh, down the Tuckasegee River. And we were throwing big, meaty streamers for, you know, looking for hungry browns. But uh, we, we ended up hooking up on a nice couple of rainbows, you know, came tight on those fish. And, um, you know, I'll have to send you some trout flies, too. You guys like to swing streamers? Uh, we like to fish for trout with uh, streamer flies. Yeah, I'll send you yeah. some. So I'll just send you guys a big care package, you know, um, this is, here soon. This is the most uh, uh, prolific podcast. Uh, not prolific. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the most generous podcast guest we've had. Hey, hey, man! The more the more my flies are out there and people are talking about them, the better, right? Exactly. I mean, 
yeah. So thank you for having me on today. I appreciate that, you know. Oh, it's fun, man. It's always yeah. fun to talk fishing with people from other areas and learn learn about them and their uh, the way that they like to fish. Absolutely. Because yeah, well, I we mean, learn things as well. I like to kind of do things unorthodox, you know. I mean, I kind of take my clues from gear anglers too, but I want to incorporate some of the things that they're doing into the presentations on the fly rod. Um, one of my uh, smallmouth flies that I sometimes fish for trout. Um, it looks like a little cone head woolly bugger, but it's got one of those wiggle lips tied onto it. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. It yeah. basically looks like a Rapala, you know, mm-hmm. so I'll quarter that downstream, let it swing. And then on my line, I've got a swivel. So it doesn't sit there and corkscrew mm-hmm. as you're slowly stripping it back upstream towards the bank. And that son of a bitch gets hammered, man. So well, while you're pulling it, it straight upstream absolutely well you're you're letting it swing across the riffles and then you're you're just you know stripping it jig stripping it back towards you you know and as you're pulling it real slow back up the current you can feel on the fly rod you can feel it you know digging down towards the bottom just like a rapala would so it's it's very productive and that's for the trout that's for the trout that's for the smallies that's whatever wants to eat it Hmm. so i haven't caught a carp on it yet but you know that's usually still water fishing for me Man, those goofy fish are crazy. I've seen people catch them on Rapalas under dams yeah. around here. Oh, yeah. Those for carp. sure. I've, I've seen carp eat a musky fly. Like, no no shit. <laughs> Up on the James River, you know? <laughs> yeah, came tight on some. Dude, it's a big fish. It's got to be a big musky, and it's a fucking goldfish. It's a big carp. What's going on? And honest to God, I bet it fought better than any musky you ever caught, right? <laughs> oh, my God, yes. I would... If, if, if muskies only fought that hard, you know? know, the only downfall to a carp is they don't jump. That's true. You know, that's that, true. That's the carp's only downfall. And they're ugly. Yep. shit. <laughs> when, when I was in Canada, um, back in 2015, me and my buddy and his dad, his father-in-law, we did a fly-in trip to a lodge up there and we showed up with our fly gear and we almost got laughed out of the dinner hall first night like what are you you guys are from the south you bunch of fly anglers what are you throwing like dry flies what what are you doing (laughs) i said no man and i I, you know just happened to have a big yellow buford with me and i was like we're throwing stuff like this and he's like okay that kind of looks like a perch i guess and i said yeah we're gonna see how it goes i hear nobody fly fishes up here so the the owner of the lodge his son his name's randy uh, he was really intrigued by our approach. It's like, you know, okay, I'll give you a map. You want to go visit these shoals, these bays, hit these rocks. You know, over here is a big pike bay. Muskies are located here. I still got my original map from that place. And I've got little, you know, green dots, red X's, you know, where I missed fish and stuff. But the, the cool thing about that lodge is it's up on the Canadian Shield. 85,000 acres of water. And it averages about eight to 10 feet in depth. So that is, well, if you think about perfect. it, that's perf- perfect for a fly rod presentation. Yeah. So by about day three, we were absolutely the talk of the lodge. I mean, people were gathered around us. Oh man, we've heard, you know, Randy told us you guys, you guys caught like five muskie today. You caught like 50 pike. I mean, the average smallmouth up there was four pounds. It was ridiculous. I can't wait to go back. I'm supposed to go back next summer. 
with uh, with my buddy Ryan again and my son, uh, who's he's going to be going to Austin to do some uh, videography uh, internship. So hopefully we are going to go up there next summer and do some filming and get this shit on film because it's it's an it's unreal. That's Ontario, Nobody, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. up uh, right outside of Dryden, Ontario. It's it's one of the uh, one of the bays off of Eagle Lake. You guys heard of Eagle Lake? Yes. Yeah. Okay. This is this shout out again. If if you have to edit this out, that's fine. No, we we edit but, nothing. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Century Lodge in Osborne Bay, eighty five thousand acres of water. You control the entire lake edge. If you trolled this fucker you, in a year's time, you wouldn't make it back to where you started. It's so big, but. They only allow 10, 10 guests up there a week. And everybody's up there chucking wood and big hunks of plastic, you know, left, right, left, right, glide action, bucktail spinners, whatever. We're up there throwing flies, man. And these fish just absolutely went nuts over them. They'd never seen flies before. You were finessing the shit out of them. Dude, if they weren't in the <laughs> blowdowns, if they weren't in the blowdowns on the bank, they were in the cabbage. If they weren't in the cabbage, they were in the rocks. If they weren't in the rocks, they're in the blowdowns. We just hit all three of those targets, just point A to point B. And I mean, it was it was incredible. I cannot wait to go back. I really cannot. It's tannic water. Did you, uh, you know? So it's got that like weak tea coffee type color to it, you know. And so we were throwing bright yellow, white, anything that would glow in that water, and they would just they'd get destroyed, man. Did you find yourself drifting? Did you guys drift a lot through the uh, cabbage weed? Yes, we did. Yeah. Yeah. And all the muskies that we caught were either off the rocks or under trees, you know, in the blowdowns or in the cabbage. Now, we didn't find any pike in those three spots. Where we did find the pike were in, I guess, what, what you call pike grass, right? So we'd, we'd motor into these big bays and turn the motor off and we'd just drift. And then we'd look out, and it looks like big seagrass out there all over the lake. And you'd see these big wallowed-out spots that were like six to eight feet in diameter that a fish had made a nest in or bed where he could ambush, perch, or whatever. And so we'd, just, we'd basically cast into that, strip it once, let the fly go underneath, and you're pulling tight on a fish almost immediately. And it was like that all day for seven days. So you caught... I told my I told my wife I was like yeah, I didn't want to come home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coming back. No, so... I didn't. I didn't want to come home. But you know, she's she's great. She lets me indulge my passion. I love her to death. She's super supportive of this. You know, uh, money drain that I'm involved in <laughs> fly fishing and fly tying. That's 100 percent uh, what it is. Absolutely, absolutely man. I yeah, just ordered yeah, a rod it's... last night. It's totally uh, a six weight butter stick. Okay, yeah, nice, right on. It's going to be a carp I rod. I've got something very similar. I've got an old fin glass uh, six-weight with a full wells. Um, I, yeah. For me, a fly rod's got to have a full wells grip. I can't get down with that single wells. Yeah, I know. You know where the, I'm, I'm I, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Maybe it's good for nymphing, but, you know, I, I really like to throw big streamers. I want to see fish crush some shit. Like I said, I got it for, so. I got it for catching carp. So, yeah, I'm going yeah, to that, bend that cork in half. Dude, glass is fun, man. It's really, really fun. So uh, you mentioned your boy. Uh, do you get him in fly fishing at all? Actually, my oldest son is not into fishing at all. He played 
high school football this last year. So he's in, he's into girls and sports. <laughs> you can't blame him one uh, single bit. On I can't, that. cannot blame him for that at all. Yeah. He, I mean, he learned that from his father. So <laughs> fishing's but, a good uh, time thing to get in any time of your life too. It's something you can absolutely. pick up when you're 35 and you don't play football anymore. That's right. That's right. And you know, like with, with both of my, my kids, man, I'm not, I'm not trying to force what I enjoy on them. You know, I want them to develop their own, uh, you know, hobbies and, and, and passions and I'll facilitate that for them. I'll encourage them. I'll push them in that direction. Hey, you want to do this? You want to do cinematography, film work? That's fine. You know, my youngest son, he does like to fish with me. And, uh, the first time, uh, that I took him out on the river, we landed a muskie like in, a, in two hours, you know, and I came tight on a fish. I was like, Evan, get the net, get the net. And he's like, why? And I was like, hey, he's sitting there playing his, he had like his, uh, his cell phone, his iPhone, he's playing a game on his cell phone. I was like, I got a fucking fish. Get the net, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's, he's like, oh, man. He throws his phone down, scoops the net up, high fives me. And he's like, dad, that wasn't hard at all. My first trip with you, we got a muskie. Wow. Why don't you do this all the time? What do you do out here alone by yourself? <laughs> I was like, dude, you have no idea the grind it takes, man. Like, you're just, you're just my lucky uh Lucky fishing buddy, I guess. So do you but, bring uh, him with he, you all the time now? <laughs> as much as I can, as much as I can. He really liked to go uh, carp fishing with me over at the lake, um, you know. And I'm, I'd cast for him, you know. And he'd he'd see the the fish take the fly, and then he'd be like, "Oh, oh, what's going on?" I'm like, "You got a good one on, dude. <laughs> like, just hang on." So, but uh, yeah, we all we all like to get out there when we can for sure. My wife loves to bass fish. She really likes it. She really likes to trout fish too, but. Um, she, <laughs> bless your heart, man. If she's not catching a fish, she's cursing the fish out. Like you motherfucker, like you better eat that. What? Are you, why aren't they eating this? So <laughs> my wife's the same way. She loves bass fishing. Uh, I took, yep. when we first started dating, I took her up to Lake Chautauqua up in New York. Yeah. She's right. Like, I love this. And then yeah. I put the ring on it and uh-huh. I think we've been out twice since. Oh no. <laughs> We've been married 10 years. So. Yeah. Well, you got you got to let her you got to let her tell you the type of fishing she wants to do. Yeah. I, you know, it's kind of similar to that that uh that meme that's floating out there. I I posted it on the uh the Musky Fly Time page uh maybe a month or so ago. It's where the dad's sitting on the dock with his son. You know, and the dad's saying to his kid, "Well, son, Johnny, you see the first rule in musky fishing is that you have to the the fish has to tell you what it wants." And then the you know, the the picture underneath it, the fish says, "Yeah, go fuck yourself, Johnny." <laughs> yep, that that's what musky do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, it can be very frustrating fishing for him, you know. But when it's on, it's on. Do you ever take your wife musky fishing? I haven't yet. She doesn't want to do that. She's like, uh, no. <laughs> She's um, she likes she likes trout. She likes bass. That's good enough for her, you know. So I showed her pictures of these muskies before, and she's like. Yeah, that probably freaked me out. I don't know if I want to see that in the river. So I it's took, funny. Um, I had a guy who was uh, floating behind me on the French Broad River in a kayak, one of those sit-on-tops where your feet dangle over the sides. And yeah. I was anchored up in this hole. Um, I'm going to put this, the spot on blast here. My guys in my musky club probably aren't going to like don't it. Don't do that. Just don't do it then. Yeah. Uh, okay. Very, very famous hole here that holds big resident fish. I came tied on one on a um orange uh bucktail changer with a uh, paparicki wiggle tail off the back 
came up on it twice, missed him the first time, threw it back, and I, I pinned him up good. But the guy was floating right behind me, and he saw the, the toilet bowl flush on top of the water. Fish got off. It ripped the tail off. I never put a hook in its mouth because the fish never turned with it. He kind of ate it and just kind of stopped right there. So when I went to set the hook, there was nothing there, you know, because it was all caught up in his teeth. He just had, like, the back end of where the tail was. Um, yeah. And so when he finally did turn, he ripped the tail off the fly and swam away. And so the guy in the kayak says, what the hell was that? I said, that was a muskie. And he says, well, what's a muskie? I said, it's a freshwater barracuda. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm not shitting you. He, his feet were dangling off the sides of his kayak. He pulls them out of the water, just paddles right by him as fast as he could. Kept on going. <laughs> He's going to go to the James River then instead, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, I took my my wife musky fishing one time last summer, and I had a fish come up into the figure eight. I was like, right. oh, fish, fish. She's like, yeah. what are you yelling about? Did you fall in? <laughs> I was like, no, I didn't fall in, but there's a fish right there. Yeah. She's like, did you catch it? I was like, no. Like, no. Shut up. <laughs> what are you getting all what are you getting all excited about exactly she didn't yeah just didn't understand yeah well i mean that's 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 how it goes man i mean you you'll be out there grinding beating the banks up beating the, the the logs and you know and all the the debris mats the eddies you're throwing to all this shit for hours repetitive motion over and over again okay what can i do different here all right i'll let it sink to to 10 instead of to five you know just trying everything you can and then you get that follow or they just appear, I'm sure you've had them appear just kind of like submarine surface right underneath the boat, right beside you. Oh my God, there it is. You get a little bit of an adrenaline dump. Yeah, no wonder we get excited, right? Yeah, man. That, that's the drug. That's more than them eating, is just showing up, you know? Yeah. Eating had a bad cool too. But. Yeah, that's true. I had a run of bad luck last year. I had, um, I missed six fish just fucking up the strip set or, you know, trying to set too quickly before they got it, or they don't, you know, they'll bite just the feathers and they don't get any steel in their mouth. And so I also had something where three separate times where fish were eating flies on a dead drift. Have you ever experienced that before? This winter I did. Yeah. That was, Isn't that so fun. bizarre? It's, it's totally unexpected, you know, just like you'd, you know, chuck a big meaty streamer out there for a trout you know they're going to eat that on the dead drift you know right there on the swing i had muskies do that three times last year it was so weird you know and this one i could see it like almost breathing in the you know the the schlopping and the the tinsel flash right in its mouth and i'm just like oh my god just just suck it in suck it in suck it <laughs> And as soon as she was right on it, right, like, I'm telling you, like, an inch behind the hook, had all the slopping already, like, blowing over her face and everything. And as soon as I moved the fly just a little bit to make it appear like it's trying to get away from her, she spooked, and I never saw that fish again. It was really bizarre. And, and that was in the winter for you, too? Or what time of year was that? That was in the fall. Are you running the same fish over and over around there? We've got resident fish that like to hang out in some of the deeper pools, but I think that, honestly, I think they move all up and down the river. I really do. Um, now, uh, we, me and my buddy do know where this one giant fish lives, resident fish, in this one hole 
uh, and he was actually able to catch her one time. This fish is probably, he caught it then. It was like a 49, two years ago. It's got to be over 50 now. Um, I moved that fish on a dead drift also, but I think some of the bigger fish are more residential. Some of those, you know, smaller to medium sized fish, like the little males and stuff, you know, they're, they're going all over. Yeah, man. They don't have, or they have a big home range. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, the thing that's peculiar about my river system here, the French broad, it flows South to North, which is kind of odd. And there's a lot of timber debris in here. So I've told, you know, my club member guys, look, I've, I've donated probably two or $300 easier in musky flies to this river, <laughs> you know? So <clears throat> all the fish here, um, they're holding real tight to timber. And if you would ever float this river with me, sometimes you'd, ju- you'd understand like, Jesus, how, how do you accomplish this, man? It's, I mean, every cast you're having to pull shit out of, you know, uh, a log jam here. You're, you're getting wrapped up on a tree stump there. When the river is really low, it looks almost impossible to fish because there's so much wood in here. But that's what makes it such a good system. So it's completely different than the James. The James and, you know, the Nolichucky and other rivers around here, the, the Collins in Tennessee, they're, they're more freestone flowing rivers almost more like a trout river you know they don't have as much timber structure in the river for the for the fish to to uh to live near yeah we we fished the collins once three years ago i think it was and how'd you make out uh, we moved a lot of fish yep didn't uh didn't put steel on any of them right the first time i ever went to the collins i came uh, me and (laughs) me and my buddy ryan we had this thing like if either one of us catches a fish within the first 30 minutes of a trip, we fucked the whole thing up because that's the only fish we're going to catch. Well, nobody's going to catch anything else. So, uh, yours truly got a fish within 30 minutes of us getting onto the river. First time ever. Way to ruin that's it. Only, yes. That's the only, that's the only fish we caught for three days. So I've, I heard your, your podcast, uh, um, uh, a couple of weeks back, you know, you guys were talking about hardly strictly musky. And yeah. one of you said hardly any musky. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's the way it goes over there, man. You move a ton of fish, you know, but yeah, you couldn't get hardly anything to eat. Yeah, man. I, the biggest fish I've ever seen was while we were down there. Mm-hmm. And she came on when uh, I messed up a cast and the line slipped out of my hand. The fly went behind me. Yep. I, I was mother effing the fly. Goddamn mother right. effing thing. Pulling it back yeah. as fast as I could, and the yep. fish came out of nowhere and just yeah. Whoop, there's your fish. Then it was gone. Yep. I think one I was, of the eats, one of the eats that I had here on the French Broad, you know, on the dead drift was, you know, I was doing my double haul and I, I was, I totally fucked it all to hell, shit all over this cast, you know. I had my fly line all over the butt end of the reel of the of the rod, and so I'm sitting there trying to untangle it, and I, I see this big flash on top of the surface where my fly is. It's a it's a fucking musky. <laughs> And so I go, I go to strip set, I go to strip set and I've got so much line out on top of the river that I, all I did was pull a coil out from the river, <laughs> Didn't, you know, uh, just totally shit all over that and just ruined it, you know? So that fish, after it figured out, okay, I've done something wrong here, it spit the fly, never saw it again. But that's, that's Murphy's law, man. Musky fishing on the fly rod is like Murphy's law. There's a guy in my club, um, he says that the greatest tool for musky conservation is fishing for them on the fly rod. 
because it's really fucking hard. <laughs> so you you mentioned your club a lot. What's yeah. what's the ratio between fly guys and gear guys in your musky club? Uh, it's it's probably I'd say close to three to one, three to three gear guys. You know, three to one ratio there uh, in favor of gear guys. But um, we're trying to turn it around. You know, no, that's uh, pretty, I mean, that's pretty good for the fly ratio. You know what I mean? Around here, yeah, for sure. We we got like four or five guys to do it. You know, so yeah. Well, I mean, it's definitely grown for sure. Um, you know, uh, my good buddy uh, Walker, he's uh, he's a guy that's really good friends with Blaine. Um, unbeknownst to either one of us, we used to work together at Headwaters Outfitters back in 1998, and I was always the little hippie kid that you know just got done listening to you know some Bob Marley on the way into work, so I didn't really wasn't really aware of who I was working with. If you catch my drift. So, we know what you mean. Yeah. So it wasn't until years later that he realized he was talking about headwaters. I was like, oh, yeah, I used to work up there, you know, like 1998. He's like, so did I. I'm like, you did? He's like, yeah. I said, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I was a river host. And he was like, wait, were you that, were you that hippie kid that always reeked of weed when you came to work <laughs> with the braids? <laughs> wait. I said, yeah, that, that was me. He's like, well, no, I wonder you don't remember me. Yeah, we worked together up there. But anyways. Headwaters, is that where Franzen works now? Yeah, yeah, that's where that's where uh, Franzen works. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So he's a really fishy dude too, man. Yeah, he's solidly um, all right. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He's he's He knows how to catch. The mustache has mojo. Yes, yes, he has quite the mustache going. Mustache mojo indeed. But uh, him, Walker him and- was doing he was doing musky on the fly here years before anybody was. I mean, he was probably doing that, you know, 15 years ago. And there, I don't think there's hardly anybody here doing it then, you know, so he was really a pioneer here in this area. He was an old member of the club. Uh, you know, he's a really solid dude. He's able to help anybody out. Any questions they have. He's, he actually gave me my first musky rod. Um, that Sage Peacock. I was telling you guys about earlier. Yeah. So 15 um, years ago, what, what were they throwing for, for musky fly rods and fly lines and flies, how how have they they changed in fifteen years? Um, Do you know? Well, I I don't really know. Um, I wasn't doing it back then. You know, I was still you know you're still really the hippie kid. To, yeah, totally. Well, I mean, fifteen years ago, I was raising a family. You know, I had you know two kids in in uh, primary school, elementary school, but uh, and and fa- chasing you know trout and bass when I could, but. Um, I'm pretty sure that he was using like simple patterns, like big, you know, uh, deceivers and, uh, you know, jumbo clousers when he could, you know, anything that offered a big fat wide profile that he could get into, you know, in, in front of the fish and make them angry and make them eat it. So, uh, I know a couple of people down in that area that in the wintertime, they'll sight fish for the muskie with, uh, like yep. jig, jiggy muskie flies. Yeah. Yeah. This big, uh, what do they call the pig stickers? I think. Something like that, but they have the yeah. uh, the furled tail section. Yeah. Do you get into that at all? No, I don't really like to jig fish with a musky rod. Um, I find it real difficult to do, honestly, because are, know, they, my, are they doing it with a floating line or a sinking line? Because it I, it just seems totally see, goofy. It seems like a re- yeah, totally. It seems like a really awkward concept to me, honestly. Um, trying to jig a fly on the bottom. 
with success with like 500 grain sink tip line be seem like a really tall order in my opinion but i mean props to them if they're able to pull it off i would i would imagine they're probably using like an intermediate or a floating line i think that would be easier because you know when i'm when i'm fishing for smallies with uh, those sculpting heads you when you strip those especially under an indicator they act like a jig fly you know so i mean that's really simple to do uh, on a floating line so but i don't know what do you think i i don't know if i were to ever do it i would throw a floating line yeah i would think it'd be floating line for sure you know um and speaking about jigging that and uh smallmouth yep. in our timeline we're at march oh. where are you at yeah what are you doing in march <laughs> man we took a detour there didn't we, we yeah we did a, we want a, t- a tirade we hey, love detours so. hey that that's why we're the host we're we're supposed to keep yeah. this train on the tracks keep it moving boys <laughs> i like it <laughs> so in March, um, I'm starting to uh, shift my focus more towards uh, smallies because they're in pre-spawn mode here, uh, especially, you know, as we progress towards the middle and the later end of the month, they've got the feedback on. And, and, you know, the muskies down here, they tend to spawn in late February, early March. Um, now, we had a bit of a mild winter here with a lot of rain, and temps in the rivers were upwards into the into the 50s on several occasions last month. So they're spawning down here now and have been for the past week or two. So my focus is now are definitely shifting towards, you know, smallmouth in the rivers and even the white bass. I think I mentioned to you, I'm going to try to get out on that white bass, uh, you know, when they're they're getting their little orgy on here uh, in the next week or two. So that's my, my primary focus shifts from muskies in the winter more towards bass. Uh, of various species as we progress into, you know, early to mid spring. So I, I got a dumb question for you, and I, I probably know the answer, but uh, mm-hmm. why do we fish for white bass when they're spawning and not musky? I don't know. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It, it, I do, yeah, I do, yeah. Maybe because, um, I don't know, there's maybe millions of those little fuckers, I guess. They're way more <laughs> prolific. It's like They're, they're totally, yeah. It's yeah. like, I guess... You're not supposed to shoot turkeys when they're flying, but you can't shoot ducks while they're sitting on the water. Exactly. Yeah. It's six to one, half a dozen to the other, you know? I so, hear you. But, yeah. I don't. I really don't know why that is, but uh, maybe uh, maybe people just don't respect uh, white bass as much, which which sounds kind of lame, but, you know, I don't know. So that would be what it is, right? I know around here, like, for our smallmouth, you know, springtime, you get them, you know, more streamer bite. You go to yep. the summertime, you know, a lot of crayfish out, and they'll, you know, hit down the bottom yeah. and, you know, yep. eat on crayfish. Do you guys find that? What time of year does that happen there? Um, usually the crayfish bite here is really hot midsummer to late summer. Now, in the early summer, everything here for smallies is, you know, could be streamers. Or primarily, we're switching to top water. You know, we're using uh, little boogle bugs and stuff for them, cast them in riffles behind rocks and just pulling tight on them left and right. So that's, you talk about fun. That's, that's a, that's a great way to spend a day. Um, you know, I've had, uh, multiple days where nothing's happening subsurface on the bottom, throw a boogle bug up on top and you come tight on the fish. Then you start to, okay, this is what they're looking up. They're not looking down, you know, because all the terrestrials are coming out of the trees. So it only makes sense, right? They're looking upwards, give them something to eat, feed them the groceries. And there, that's what your May, May, maybe even in the June, or? Yes, for sure, for sure. Are you still on the trout in May and yep. June? Yep, 
Yep, for sure. Um, only in the really in the colder rivers, though, like the Davidson. People fish uh, hammer the Davidson, you know, 12 months out of the year here. Um, you know, there's uh, the East Fork of the French Broad and the, the North Fork of the French Broad also. Those are good 12 months out of the year here also. Um, there's a lot of guys here that are just primarily focused and guide specifically for trout. Um, you know, and that's that's fine. Uh, it's not really my thing. I'm, I'm kind of, I like all aspects of fly fishing and I want to target multiple species throughout the year. So I'm not going to, no, no particular species is going to hold my focus for, for 12 months. You're the same way we are. We, uh, yeah. we go muskies, smallmouth, hybrid striped bass, uh, and then into carp and you know, yeah. the full way around. We'll even yeah. get a little bit of brook trout. Yeah. Brook trout yep. fishing. There you go. Here yeah, there. yeah so, for sure. You mentioned uh, boat fishing a lot from the bigger yep. rivers. What kind of yep. boat are you running? You run a drifter? Well, you run? I know it's it's hard to fish here alone. Um, I go out quite a bit by myself. Um, you know, so I've got like a I've got a seventy two Alumacraft that I refinished. Um, you know, it was basically uh, no shit. It was a mosquito pond when I bought it. Um, you know, from a guy. I had an old. Uh, not not very old, I guess, but I had an Orvis H2 12 weight that I was using for muskies and it casted like a broomstick. It just hadn't had no action in it. I really didn't like it. And so I sold it for $800 and then I bought a John boat. I bought this Alumacraft. <laughs> I basically, you know, yeah, I traded the rod for the boat and the boat came with a trailer and a motor. So what's not to like about that? boom so but uh my my background is uh you know I, I paint cars for a living so i had to completely strip this down down you know back down to bare aluminum uh totally rebuilt it out you know self-etching primer you know painted it out to the nines and uh hung a good proper motor off the back of it you know built myself a casting deck and um I, in my opinion it was a hell of a bargain getting rid of a fly rod i didn't like and all of a sudden i'm able to prowl the rivers whenever i want to so that was a hell of a trade for me okay so here we go i have a john boat project in the works right now yeah i'm a mechanic also what's a good paint to paint an aluminum boat you have to use self-etching primer if you want to paint aluminum because if you don't the self-etching primer comes with an acid in it that bites in to the aluminum if you don't do that doesn't matter what kind of top coat you put on top of that aluminum it will peel off Okay. Like you can just lift it off. Like it's like, just like peel it off like skin. Absolutely. Yeah. Just like a sunburn. You just peel that shit right off there. <laughs> I got you. So uh, what, what color did you end up painting yours? I painted it olive drab, you know, classic, like, yeah, you know, like olive army. drab. Yeah. With like a tan interior. So I'll, I'll put some, uh, I'll put the pictures back up on the musky fly time page. Yeah, man, um, I'm, I'm into know. this. I like yeah, it. Yeah, Brad, Brad and Nate were kind enough to, you know, make me a moderator on that site. So uh, you, you should see all the shit requests we get to join all the time. People <laughs> wanting to sell. Hey, I, I want to join the site so I can sell Oakley sunglasses at 50% off. You know? You guys don't so. let those guys in? No. <laughs> I'm always looking for Oakleys, man. <laughs> well, maybe for you. But I'll just, I'll just uh, send them your, your personal contact info. All right, deal. Send them your way. <laughs> no, but we're, we're under strict instructions, man. If you don't answer all three questions, I'm, I'm giving you the boot. You get the band hammer immediately. You know, and good luck to you. We, uh, so. I know when I, when I joined that page, I, uh, I, I answered every, all three questions as snarky as I possibly could. 
And we love that, man. We yeah. want you to we want you to exercise goodwill, humor, and excellence, man. You know, that's what we're all about. You know, supporting the community with goodwill, humor, and excellence. You know, so, so and uh, I, I think it's a pretty rad little forum. I'm glad that Brad uh, Brad made it. So, what do you think about the Musky Fly page and how it's progressed the uh, the sport? As I think it's great, man. As a um, what? Go ahead. No, I'm just how how did it progress the sport? You do you think? Well, we've seen a lot of innovation with, um, you know, new tying techniques, new materials, new approaches. I mean, everybody's approach is a little bit different, you know. Um, uh, when when I first met Brad, he came down here in Asheville to uh, one of the uh, the fly tying expos we had here. And, you know, we were about three sheets to the wind because they, they had some really good keg beer <laughs> uh, going on that night, you know, and it was it was at the end of the show and. Um, you know, we were talking and I said to him, I was like, man, I've always been, you know, like fascinated with, with making shit, you know, and like tweaking stuff here and there, you know, like borrowing little, little designs from everybody and trying to incorporate that in my own designs. And I said to him, I've got a revolutionary idea that will totally freak you out, you know, and he's looking at me like, okay, okay, I want to hear this. And so I told him, I was like, imagine this. You know those little vibrating condom rings that they sell at the stores? And he's like, yeah. Never and I seen said, them. what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, they're, they're there. Just take my word for it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> we're getting off the rail, here, the rail here now, boys. But um, I said to him, imagine if you can take some of that braided, you know, that, that tube flex, you know, uh, that people use the, uh, the T-bone heads with, right? Mm -hmm. And you put one of those in there because it's encapsulated in silicone. It's got a little on-off button that you click it. It just starts, it basically pulsates. And I said to him, that's what dying fish do when they die. They kind of give off a little pulsating signal. I said, so what if we incorporated that in a musky fly? And down here for the French Broad River, you can call it the French Tickler, Brad. What do you think about that? <laughs> oh, God, that is great. Yeah, dude, right? Yeah. And so. <laughs> you belong on this show. <laughs> oh, man. I would love it. That'd be great. Remote host. But he, he just about chokes on his beer, leans his head back, and looks at me. He goes, I think you've blown my mind. I don't know what to say about that. And I was like, well, if you can make it happen, brother, you can have it because I want to see it done. If you don't do it, I'm going to. So, but uh, that was that was really funny. as a, a great way to end the night with him for sure. He's a really solid guy. How many years ago was that? Uh, man, that was a while ago. It's before I went to Canada. Uh, it's probably 2013, so probably seven years ago. And we, we still haven't seen the French tickler coming out. No, we haven't. <laughs> well, I've I've been successful without it, so I don't know if I hit a if I hit a slump here, maybe I need to do that, I guess. But I have tried it. I have tried it, you know. And uh just with this other thing that I just uh tied the other day, this um 200-pound monofilament umbrella rig. Did you boys see that on the forum? I did see that. That's pretty sick. Yeah. I'm really excited about that concept and and uh you know, Ian told me uh, Ian Devlin, I'm sure you guys, you know him. You've had him on the show before. Yeah, we have. He said that Bob Popovic made something like that years ago and was really successful with it using it in the surf, you know, with, with surf candy flies. Oh, what's that guy now? Yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> yeah, come on. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, any anything that that you know, I thought I was you know original with that Bob Popovics has thought of first. I know I'm on the right path here because I mean, that's Bob Popovics, man. You know. So, I came up with this uh, this design here to target stripers in a reservoir that's about an hour east of here. And I haven't been able to get it out in front of a striper yet. I just took it down to my local pond, you know, and, and did that little video with it in the water. But, um, you know, anything, anything you can do to get something unique in front of a fish to trigger that strike, man. And I think that's where innovation is, is good. Ideas are great, you know, and you see that all the time on the fly page. Yeah, man. And, it, it's weird that stuff like that, it's it's not as mind-blowing as you think it is when you see it right. because everyone's coming up with something totally different and goofy and off the wall, you know? Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And All I, ideas are good, you know? I mean, hell, the, the road to hell was paved with good intentions, so, you know, all these fly concepts, you know, um, different designs. Um, I was working with, uh, you guys tried this yak hair, this UV2 uh yak hair from spirit river have you guys tied with that yet uh i haven't oh my god i know ian he's got his own uh you know devlin blends that he he makes yeah um but this stuff is amazing it's a natural fiber it's almost you know it's unique almost like that uh you know that that raccoon fur that i'm using on that uh what we're now calling the trash panda fly this stuff is tremendous have you messed with the cashmere is it like that I haven't messed with that, no. So I don't have any experience with that. I can't speak to it. What do you like that? Yeah, I, I do and I don't. I mean, it, it's it's real, real wispy, so it has a really right. nice action. But it's yeah, for a muskie, you got to use a lot to to get to get much out of it. But for like a pike or pickerel, something like that, it's a great fly. Yeah, um, I felt like the uh, the old, you know, I used to be on the 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 pro staff. Uh, I guess an ambassador of pike skins way back in the day when jerk mania came out with that stuff. Um, you know, he reached out to me and asked me if I'd be willing to tie up some of his uh, materials and post them, you know, just tag him in the comments. And I found that stuff to be good, but it, it, like you're saying, it, it felt kind of wispy. Um, this yak hair, total natural fiber. It's not synthetic like the, like the plastic stuff. It holds its shape in water. Great. It's, almost virtually weightless when you cast it offers a really big meaty profile to a hungry fish and if you weight it correctly i'm tying these on shanks you know and i've got a split ring off the back with a real small treble hook on them like a number one vmc o'shaughnessy bend off the back okay if you counterweight that fly it actually has that glider action in the water if you do like short little 10 inch pulls it'll dart left to right and it's neutrally buoyant I mean, it just sits there and hangs, man. It's, it's, it's good stuff. See, when I was tying a lot of flies for steelhead, I think I, I bought a, a thing of yak hair, or it might have been mm-hmm. Icelandic sheep, or it was something long. Yeah. Like that, and uh, yeah, I ended up t- tying a pike or musky fly with it, and it just wrapped right. up around the the back of the hook. Right. So, so I've been turned off from it since, but yeah. See, I think that's where you've got to run, like if you're running just a, a single hook off the back, like a, you know, B10S or, you know, your pick, pick your, your, your A-Rex that you want to hang off the back or whatever. Yeah, your hook of choice. Uh, your hook of choice. Yeah. I like, you know, Joe Goodspeed's approach with his goop flies where he's using a small light wire treble off the back. That way when a fish 
bites on it, collapses those fibers down around the hook, you got three times as many chance to to pin that fish up than you would with a single. So have you, you know? tr- have you tried hanging up a, a small treble off the center of a trash panda? I have not because I think with that particular fly, it would ruin the action. Okay. Um, you I want- do like, I want that fly to kind of, um, I want it to be somewhat streamlined, you know, since it is articulated. And if you had uh, a treble off the back in either one of those, it could get hung up in that wire loop that connects those two pieces. Yeah. So that's why I only use the singles on that. And have you ever tried putting up like a Pacarini wiggle tail off the back of the trash panda? I haven't, but, um, you know, if you want me to make you one, I'll do it and I'll send it to you. No, I was just wondering. It swims well, perfect as it is. Yeah. This thing is like, it doesn't look like much. It's totally non-assuming. Like to hold in your hand, you're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly but, what we thought. We were like, what, what, yeah. what's this guy got <laughs> up his sleeve? Yeah. And then yeah, we swam I it. it to you. You, you pulled out of the box. You're like, what is this shit right here? So, but. <laughs> No, they, they're great, man. I mean, they're, they dart around like a little wounded fish, you know? And, and I remember hearing Blaine say one time, like he, he doesn't want his flies to track in a straight line in the water. Uh, what's he know? Because what, what? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not like he's not like he's done it before. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, it's, it totally makes sense if you think about it, you know, if it's fleeing from a predator or if, it, or if it's wounded, you know, or it, they're not going to swim in a straight line over and over again. You know, it's, it's, they're not, they don't do that. You know, they, they're erratic. You want, you want the fly to have erratic action in the water. And this fly does that really does. Oh, I was going to say, what's every Rapala have? Honestly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Rat, yeah. Uh, yeah. And erratic. They're the only the thing this thing doesn't have is, is a rattle, you know, and uh, we could easily do that in that fly too. Have so, you have but, you found a good rattle that you like? Um, I was using those glass rattles for a little while. Um, I think I bought some down at the Borvis, just little fly rattlers, you know, just little glass sound chamber. They got like two little BBs in them. Yeah. But uh, Hairline comes, they, they make a really good uh, plastic uh, rattle. You know, it's it's got this little uh, tit on the end of it, I guess, for the lack of a better word, a little nipple, you know, that you can easily fashion your, your thread on to lock it down in place. You said nipple. Um, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't know what else to call it. That's what it is. It looks like a little nipple. So, no, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. And we're looking at the hairline catalog as we speak. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I like hairline stuff, man. I think they're on their game. I really do. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of my materials that I use are, are hairlines. See, the thing about the glass rattles is we, we beat our flies like crazy. And, you know, yeah. you throw them against a rock or a bridge piling. break. And yep. they break. And then there's... Yeah. No rattle, and you have yep. like a chamber where the rattle was. Yep. Now, what I have used in the past, if I can't fashion a rattle on the shank, I'll go to the craft store, like Michaels or whatever, you know, or to uh, uh, the dollar store or whatever. And these like little Google eyes, you know, for yeah. like puppets or whatever, those things rattle. The doll eyes. So, I'll, yeah, the doll eyes, exactly. Yeah. So I'll use goop and I'll put those on the sides of Buford's, you know. Um, that I make or, or deceivers or, and those rattle, you know, so any, any, anything that you can add to your fly, man, to kind of make it look and sound and act a little bit different than the dude in front of you is fishing, you know, anything to change a game up for, for lack of a better term. Okay. So now we're into September. Yep. Jeez, man, we've been going off the rails, boys. <laughs> <laughs> 
So in September, um, the smallmouth bite is really, really, they're putting, they're trying to put on that weight here and you're just absolutely hammering them on, on crawfish. So that's where I'm throwing this, uh, fly that I've got, I call it a, a mad yabby. Um, that's what the Australians call a crayfish. Okay. And, uh, you can see that picture on my, on my Instagram page. And, uh, there's a video on my YouTube page also with instructions on how to tie that. That's the fly I was telling you that got kicked from Umqua because yeah. I said I didn't submit it in time. Um, yeah, Dave's student sent me a big letter. This is a great concept, but we've already got our submissions for the year. So please resubmit this, you know, for next, next catalog. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I got a sweet hat out of the deal, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hitting those, <laughs> I'm, I'm hitting those late summer carp and I'm hitting those small mouths that have their, you know, nothing, nothing on the brain except for crayfish. That so, is fun. Late summer carp, are they eating crayfish as well? They're eating those locomoco flies. Okay. So, you know, and, and damsel flies and, um, the, the cool thing about carp, man, is like you, you guys were saying that you don't really get a chance to do a whole lot of coastal red fishing, right? Cause we you're, do not. You're, you're landlocked basically away from the salt water. Mm-hmm. If you've ever fished for carp, you'd be a dynamite red fisherman. It's the same. It's basically carp is a freshwater redfish. You know, they're the same creature. Basically they root in the mud, they tail, they have the same characteristics, same principles. They fight just as hard when you cast to them. It's the cast, uh, you know, beyond and in front drag and drop. Uh, it's the same concept. You know, so, um, do you find, do you find any flies that, uh, the transfer from carp to redfish? Um, or no, cl- they totally small clousers, small clousers <laughs> and, uh, little, uh, little shrimp patterns, basically, you know, little crab patterns, um, uh, clouser minnows would translate really well, you know, cause you know, at the right time of year, carp's going to eat a little, little minnow, um, little white woolly buggers. Black woolly buggers especially work really good in dark water. Uh, you know, anything that you can kind of get down quickly and in front of the fish and just barely move it when they're coming towards it, they're going to lock onto it and they're going to eat the piss out of it. Um, you could probably get them to eat a, I could probably get a redfish to eat a smallmouth fly, like one of these crayfish. They probably do that. I haven't tried it, but I'm sure it would work. Yeah, man. The the flies that people, you see them catch redfish on, they, mm-hmm. they range a gamut from top water to to like you said, crabs, the shrimp. To, yeah, absolutely. You know, so they'd probably eat one, a crayfish. I bet it would I'm, imitate a, a crab enough. Yeah, no doubt. I would absolutely hedge my bets that redfish, they'd probably just about eat anything you got in front of them. If you presented it right, they'd, they'd whack it. Uh, funny story about doing some redfishing. We were down at Kiwa Island one time uh, a few years back, my wife and I with our boys. And I had portaged uh, on top of our Mazda, my uh, old town 158 canoe. You know, that's what we used to use up at Headwaters when I was, uh, you know, working out there for them as a river host. Um, and so it's a really easy vessel to, to paddle and to steer. And it's so it's got a real wide, flat keel on it that you can stand up and you can fly fish out of it. So I was so pumped to go fly fishing in the Spartina grass these redfish while we're at the beach and so i'm out there um you know pulling around in the spartina grass looking for these redfish for days couldn't find one in the very last day that we were there you know my wife tells me all right you got four hours better be back here at three because we need to go home 
And I said, yes, right, well, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it happen. I'm good. This is today's the day. Today's the day. So I get out there. I see some fish tailing, was able to make a good cast to one. The wind is ripping. So it's blowing me right over top of this fish. I see it kind of porpoise up right beside my fly. It was a black and white clouser minnow with, made out of craft fur. Looked like a little mud minnow. And I see the fish go right beside the fly. Don't see the fly anymore. So I strip set. And the fish just immediately fucking bolts for the channel. I lose my footing standing up in the canoe. I fall over out of the canoe. I rip the crotch out of my shorts. Um, and the fish just totally busts me off, never to be seen again. When you get so back, was, your wife said, where in the hell were you? <laughs> She's like, what <laughs> happened to you? Like, your junk's all hanging out of your shorts. Like, what the fuck you been doing? <laughs> so I was like, well, that's fly fishing. That's how it goes. <laughs> I tell my wife that so, all the time. Well, yeah, yeah. So I mean, hey, hey, what happens in fly fishing stays in fly fishing, right? You know what I'm saying? I actually, if you listen to before we called you, I was telling mm-hmm. the story about caressing Jay while I was trying to take a leak today, and I, I gave him total stage fright. <laughs> nice. Yeah, how that work out for him? <laughs> it didn't work out, right? <laughs> I pushed so hard, I think I got a hemorrhoid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta blow out your O-ring there, dude. You gotta take her easy. <laughs> That's what good friends are for. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't want to make the guy uncomfortable, you know? Oh, that's totally I mean, that's, what I wanted to do. Yeah, well, okay, okay. Well, that's, that's kind of like, you know, uh, uh, Baptists and, and dancing. You know, why, why don't Baptists have sex uh, standing up? It's just they don't want people to think they're dancing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, we're in a... We're, we're, we're getting out of September now. When do you actually... When do you go yes. back to Muskie for the fall? Jesus right. Christ. Yes. No, I, I am. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm. I'm... <laughs> I don't think they eat crayfish, do they? <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm transitioning more to, uh, you know, as the water's cooling back down, I'm transitioning more to Muskie. I really down here, you know, especially in the warmer months, the water gets so high. Uh, in temperature that the mortality rate is at the point to where even if you're quick on the release with a fish, you, you've stressed it out so much, especially when their fins turn red. I've always been told that if you catch a muskie and its fins are red, it's in a high level of stress. It's probably not going to survive. So, um, you know, me and my buddies at, here in the club and my other fly fishing pals down here, we really don't target muskies in the summer months here. So as the waters are cooling back down, transitioning into fall, we'll start chasing those again. So when you do catch one and its fins turn red, you just bonk it and take it home and fry it up, right? I've never kept a musky. No. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I know it was. I know it was. Yeah. But, uh, you know, up in Canada when we were up there, man, they wouldn't let you keep anything, nothing, except for walleye and a certain amount. I guess they call it a slot range, I guess. You know, yeah. they got to be in a certain size limit. Pike. Um, but, uh, yeah, pike, We, I mean, we couldn't even keep the hammer handles, man. You had to throw everything back. But I think that's why the, the fishery was so good. Up there at Century Lodge. Um, so, but uh, do people keep uh, musky from your your fishery at all? Yeah, I, I, I mean, know it's you gonna don't. Happen. It's it's going to happen for sure, especially if you have a guy out there, you know, who's uh, he's never caught one, you know, and he it, it chokes on like a you know four inch rapala or whatever. He's got a thirty four inch fish. It's the biggest fish he's ever caught in his life. Of course, he's going to keep it and take it home. You know, and, and down here, anything 
um, if it's, uh, I think it's 41 inches is a legal limit. So yeah, you can keep it and catch it or you can catch it and keep it if, if that's your prerogative. Um, but we're really trying to emphasize, you know, catch and release down here. We're making, uh, you know, placards up for the boat ramps, you know, like this is what you need to be successful with the release of the fish and these particular tools, release tools, you know, proper netting, proper gear. You know, these fish, although they are big and look very impressive, they're also very fragile, you know, and you stress them out very easily. They're like, they're not like a cheetah. They're, they're more like a lion. You know, they're, they're, they're ambushed predators. They're, they're good for that one quick burst. And then they tax out and get tired really, really quickly. Um, I'm sure you guys have all seen that muskie that the guy, you know, on the video, uh, generic video, if you will. He's sitting there trying to revive it for, it seems like for minutes, you know, and it's just sitting there hanging yeah. and eventually, eventually it kicks off. You know, they, they, they blow all their wad in one go, you know, so they're, uh, they're fragile despite their size and, and ferocity. They're, they're a fragile species. So, you know, to be safe, when do you normally call it quits on muskie and when do you normally pick it back up? When the water, uh, reaches about, you know, if, if that water's pushing 70 degrees, I'm really thinking about other fishy, uh, fish species for sure. Um, you know, there's guys and you're going to see them out here. I mean, it's, it's, it's legal to fish for them year round, you know, where, where we are, but you see guys out there, you know, casting big plugs for them, you know, when the water's hot and if they catch one, it's just one less fish in the river that the other guys like myself had a chance to fish for, you know? So if it, if the water's approaching 70 plus, you know, 70 is good. But if you get in the mid seventies, man, it starts feeling like bath water. You need to shut her down. It's too warm. It's way too warm. Yeah. If you're swimming, mm-hmm. it's not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The water feels warm to you. It definitely feels warm to that fish. So, Hey Mickey, I, uh, I just picked up on something. <clears throat> I, yep. heard, I heard you setting a tin can down. Yep. Uh, you live near Asheville. Yes. <laughs> Beer City, USA. Yeah, man. Uh, That's right. Tell me tell me some great craft breweries, some of your favorites. Take your pick, man. Um, we've got Oscar Blues Brewery, which is uh, right there on the French Broad River. Uh, Sierra Nevada Brewery, which is also on the French Broad River. Um, <laughs> so, we've got uh, New Belgium Brewery, which is right there on the river also. Do you um, stay away from the Funkatorium now that they got bought? You know what? Good for them, though, man. Isn't that the American model? Like, it, that's the American dream to, like, yeah, grow business and then sell out and then be set for life, you know? So, no, I'm 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 proud of those guys, man. That's good for them. They, they hit something that was, uh, you know, everybody liked. And then uh, I think it was Anheuser-Busch came in and bought them. Yeah. Or Anbev or whatever. AB. Um, yeah. Yeah, they came out and bought them out. And um, good for those boys, man. That's great. That's a... Uh, that's a pinnacle of success, in my opinion. They still make great beer. Still make great beer. Uh, we got Green Man Brewery, downtown Asheville. Um, you could do a pub crawl down here for a week and probably not hit every brewery. Yeah, man. That, that's uh, I've heard it from a lot of people around here that have been down there. That That's yeah, the place I mean, to it, go and, and not remember it, your week. <laughs> absolutely right yeah and we've got some really cool cideries too man um you know we've got uh, bold rock cider which is just like 10 minutes from where i live you know i could literally ride a bicycle down there i probably shouldn't but i could if i wanted to i've had bold uh, rock before you can get a, a dui on a bicycle 
Yes, you can. I didn't, but yes, my friend can. of mine did. <laughs> yeah, you can, uh, people get them on riding mowers down here, if you can believe that. I'm sure you can. Down here in the south, you know, um, have one too many and decide you're going to take the riding mower down the road, check your mail. You get blue lighted in your driveway on your on your uh, on your craftsman. <laughs> yeah, man, it happens. It happens. <laughs> I've uh, so I've I've drunk mowed a couple times, and the the lines definitely show it. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. well, what did you uh, what did you think of the cider, man? Did you like it? I really enjoyed it. It was a uh, yeah. before I started getting like dipping my toes into the craft beer scene. Yeah. So I didn't really appreciate it for what it was. Right. But but it was really good. It's a it's a different alternative, you know. I mean, it's a it's a good alternative uh, if you're if you're really not looking to uh, you know you just want to take her easy and you know have a couple of uh, lighter beers. You know, it's it, to me it's great like summertime brews for sure. You know, it's a little little sweet. If you get one of the drier, um, you know, uh, ones one of the drier ciders, it's not quite as sweet. It's a little bit more tart, kind of like one of your uh, you know like your hoppier IPAs would be. But uh, yeah, man, this is Beer City USA and has been for quite some time. It used to be, uh, I think Oregon was uh, Beer City running for a long time and we took their title from them and I don't think we've turned loose of it yet. What, Oregon, San Diego, then you guys, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah, I don't know exactly how the, you know, the, the linear um, progression played out, but uh, we've got great beer here, man, and some great fishing too. So, you know, we're, this is the southernmost range native range of the north american muscalunge and if you know where to find them know where to look you you can you can find them so you know if you guys ever want to get in touch with a guide down here uh, i'd be happy to steer you in the right direction and put you on some good fish good deal man well hey we've kept you for quite a while on a sunday evening is there anything yeah. that we haven't hit on that you would like to hit on i think we've covered it man um yeah no a whole a whole range of topics man it's been a great discussion i've enjoyed my time with you guys tonight for sure as um, have we yeah real quick if i could yeah do uh, your you plugs know, if man you, if you want to you know check out my pictures uh you know follow me on instagram at mickle d james uh mickle d underscore james you can see what i'm up to there uh, my wife and i really like to get our kids out in the woods and hike with them and stuff you know and, um uh, you can also check out my uh youtube channel at uh, mickey grant fly tying um and I need to buy a couple of GoPros. The one that I took with me uh, shit the bed. It got water in it. So, you know, water and electronics really don't work. So I didn't have a waterproof case when it um, got ruined. So I'm going to make some new fly time videos. I need to make a video up for that 10-minute minnow I was telling you guys about. And uh, a new video for the Trash Panda. So I like it. Yeah, I check, check those out there. The name is solid now. Yeah, absolutely. And if you guys get a chance, man, get one of Thomas Shank's fly rods in your hand. The uh, Chippewa custom rods that he makes are absolutely incredible. Um, I've got one of his 12 weights here. You know, I think uh, that's probably one of the first people to get one of his single 12s and uh, cast like a dream. It's not whippy in the figure eight. It's it's an amazing piece of technology that he's building. And I highly recommend uh, if anybody can get their hands on one, they're not going to want to give it back to them. <laughs> yeah, man, like, we're definitely going to uh, we're going to bulk order it. That way, it cuts down on the shipping. Yeah, I know Pogo likes those tens, man. Um, but uh, down here, with the amount of timber and shit we've got in our river systems, and throwing these big flies, man, I I felt like a twelve was the way to go. So he he hooked me right up. So what what's a good line 
uh, mat or line pairing for that? On my rod, I've got a, uh, I've got the scientific English sonar Titan 500 grain, um, you know, and then uh, our river current here is pretty swift. So I'm going to want this line to pull the fly down pretty quick. Um, you know, cause if, it, if it doesn't, it's not going to get in that strike zone as quick as I want it to, or, or even at all sometimes, you know, so mine's paired up with the uh, scientific English 500 grain sink tip, uh, sonar Titan. Good deal, man. So, yeah. well, Hey, Thank you so much for your time, Mickey. It's uh, hey, I, it's been a great show. I appreciate show. it very much. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it and uh, um, look forward to uh, hearing your uh, future episodes. And like I said, if you guys are ever in the uh, area, hit me up, man. We'll go, uh, we'll go cast the line. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. Oh, yes, we are hard to handle now. Ooh-wee. I'll tell you what, boys. Ooh, my insides are burning. I bet. <laughs> Dude. Mine are burning watching. <laughs> you know, I like taking I like taking one uh, little comment from, you know, lately I've been taking one comment that really sticks in my head. <laughs> this one was great. The road to hell was paved with good intention. That was the oh man, that's a great, great little saying. I like that. That that's a oh man. You've never heard that one before. I just 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 no, not not yeah. not offhand. No, not no, not a lot. We can make a sticker out of that. That that's it's a good little saying. All I our like good it. intentions that went way wrong. <laughs> Every one of them. That speaking of that, that's where yeah. Jace is right now. He got some girl's phone number last night. And his intentions are dirty. <laughs> I'm telling you what. <laughs> He's like, uh, I'm having some car trouble. I said, you better be on a date with that girl, man. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> that <laughs> oh, geez. Jesus that was That was the part of most of our jokes on our float today. Yeah. I mean, there was oh, a, there couldn't have been more back jokes. I can tell that hesitation. You're like, no. <laughs> it's like, I don't even want to say there. it. Like, I haven't had enough. No. I haven't had enough bourbon to say that yet. I've had a lot of bourbon, but they're yeah. not enough to say what we were saying on the float today. No, no, not on <laughs> air. <laughs> oh, we, I wouldn't go there. We were talking about some crazy stuff. Oh, because yeah. uh, we we did go to high school with the girl that Jace got his phone, her phone number last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, he, he said... Uh, we we even hung out with her a bit, you know, and you know, yeah, we we hung out a lot. Yeah, even after school, you know, what I mean? even after high school, you know, and stuff. And you know, friend, he said, you know, I ran into a, an old friend of ours, Jay, and I'm like, oh, awesome. And he's like, who's that? And, and no, he, yeah, he brings it up, and I'm like, oh, cool, you know. Is she still darling looking? Does it still smell like patchouli? Awful. <laughs> um, and he said, "Still darling." And she even she was even polite enough to you know she she must be single. Gave me a number. So you know I was like, "Oh, awesome, awesome, great, Jace. Good girl. She came she from must our work little goodwill. T- she came from our <laughs> Jesus Christ, Chad. She came from our little town. You know, right right down the road here. 
I'm saying just hand out phone number to Jay's. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. I don't know. Again, again, I'm thinking about me and things I just, I'm not going to say right here. We need to get another podcast where we're totally in candid chat. I know. The, the totally uncensored oh, fly Jesus fishing. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, that was the pun of most of our jokes today. Oh, that made for an interesting part. It of was the fun. Part. It was fun. I almost fell over the front bar of my craft. I have. I, I didn't laugh nearly as hard as Chad touching you or your Chinese. No, feet, but that was terrible. <laughs> 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 that was the most funny thing I've I've done in a long time. Oh, because once you started laughing, then I started. I couldn't stop, and we're we're both like going staring with Jay's back. I can't pee. <laughs> Dude, couldn't you? Know, could you? No. Mark, you can barely pee without getting no. off the boat. Mark can't pee on the no, boat. I'm terrible. I mean, I I, will. I wish it was Mark that was trying to pee. I would have, oh, I would have fully caressed him. <laughs> Since we're listening to Sublime, I would have caressed him down. If if you would have, <laughs> maybe you just needed to goose me a little more. I don't know. I could have coaxed it out of you. I guess I, it wasn't working with the hips and the the waist grabbing. No, I'll tell you that. Not for a second. My dad would be disappointed in us this week. Oh, yeah. As proud of he was last week, you'd be disappointed right now. He'd be disappointed <laughs> in this show. He's like, you guys are assholes, and this is bad entertainment. We weren't catching fish, Dad. What did you expect us to do but touch each other? We can't do anything except gay lingo. <laughs> you couldn't even get the launch all figured out this morning, right? No, it was fine. It was perfect the way it went. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> oh, listen, Jay's still salty. Oh, salty. I'm gonna punch both It's 8:30 at night, and Jay's still oh, salty. Jeez, this is what I have to put up with first thing in the fucking morning. All I wanted to have was a coffee and some peace of mind, just peace in my mind. I was sitting there reading a, a post from Pogo. He was talking about COVID-19. About how great his friends are. Oh, just COVID-19 <laughs> and how, you know, leave the skis alone and leave everything alone and just be with your family out in the middle of nothingness and, you know, all this all this fun stuff. He was, he was kind of, you know, I think it was a little all backhanded and a little fun, but like he always is fun. But I was reading that and then I saw Mark's truck and then I'm like, oh, okay. Everything <laughs> was already, you know, like I said, we packed up and everything was ready to go. Well, I had nothing to do but read Facebook posts at 7 o'clock, 6, 6, 4.50-something in the morning. So, what what, were, what what went wrong with the, the shuttle this morning? Nothing went wrong. Mark came in, and it was, I needed to have a trailer for the boat. You should have a trailer. You have a boat. I'm like, dude, if I, I'm not buying a trailer. I'm just going to get a truck. If I get anything, I get a truck. And I have a, have a problem. It was very small payment for my dad to let me borrow his truck, so it was just fine. What'd you say, a nug? Yeah, I mean, it's nothing, <laughs> nothing much, so you, you know, pay the for, pay the man forward. You know, just make sure, you know, you take care of him when he's taken care of, and he's all fine with me. But the last thing I heard last night... I put a bunch of gas in it the last time. The last thing I heard last night was, I'm going to pick you up at the takeout and take... My truck was going to come back up to the put-in empty, and your truck was going to be empty at the and left at the takeout. And you, Jason, were going to be getting the boat ready while we were running shuttle. 
Well, no, it would have been Mark would have been getting the boat ready because I would have had the truck regardless. Okay, Mark would have been getting the boat ready, and you would have been running shuttle, and you and me would. That makes less sense. How? Then just meeting the guy that has the other truck, you could just slide the boat into, and then you're not wasting a whole portaging time when it takes two seconds to put the fucking shit in the boat, and when you have three people, it's just fine. Either way, it just saves you another, you know, 20 minutes that, you know, usually we try to save because we're here, trying to be here on time. I don't think it's safe. You know what would have saved 20 minutes? You having a trailer this morning because I have to drive to your house to put the boat on. It wouldn't have mattered. I could could have put the boat in last night with my wife. I was actually thinking about waking her up and me and her could have put the boat in a damn truck. It wouldn't have made a difference and then nobody would have had to. I could have just picked you up at your house. Or you guys could have met at Sheets or something. Either which way, the, I just figured if or. all three of us were together, we could have stopped, got food together, like a team, had a good time. <laughs> the whole team's hanging out in the one fucking truck, going to get food, Then we could go up. It was going to be no, a cold, we, we cold were, shitty start to the fucking morning anyway, you dickhead. We were salty. Oh, can I get the fucking Chad's wife saying, Chad, don't be an asshole? Yes. Jesus Christ. Chad's all salty first thing. I'm like, I don't I don't want to go to a truck. I don't want to eat. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, your fat ass is going to want to eat something. I'm going to buy you a pepperoni roll, you fat fucker. Jesus, oh, he, shut up. He did want that pepperoni roll at the end. He though. sure did. At the end when of the I, day, yes. When I threw him yeah. that pepperoni roll when he thought it was going to be oh. another beer, he was yeah. like, I'm not drinking while I'm driving. I'm like, no, you're going to eat this pepperoni roll, aren't you, though? All right, shut up. Dick. <laughs> There, turn it up. Don't be such an asshole. That's what I wanted to say to you. <laughs> I need to get that recorded on my phone so I can play it while we're out there. What'd you say? Don't be such an asshole. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. But it did end up being a fun day. Mark, Mark's attitude within, I, it was like 30 seconds of being there, which turned right around. Don't be such an asshole. It was, it was, it was in, within seconds, we were all just chilling. We threw the boat in the truck, and everybody was just chilling for a hey, second. Jay, I'm going to finish this bottle. You just have your way with it. That's why I gave you the wave earlier. It was just finished. Just like I'm a, not having I, I was, I was flicking it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going an hour, hour and a half into late to work tomorrow. Not like last week. <laughs> you know what? I gotta stay. Uh, I'm off tomorrow, so I gotta stay at home with my kid. Yeah. Because he's off of school for the next two weeks. Yeah. That's man. I don't ever remember anything ever happening like this ever. No, because when we grew up, it wasn't in the social media age when people were able to get as freaked out as they are now. You know, and I think I think things it, happened under the books and under the radar. I think sometimes things happen in like a. It, it, like so, the NBA makes a decision. Like we'll talk like a little about you know basketball season. It, it happened during basketball and hockey. You know, and some people are diehard hockey fans. And yeah, Dick Gross is a diehard hockey fan, and yeah. he is pissed that there's oh, no hockey. Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 pissed that there's neither. I like both yeah. sports. I like basketball a little more. I love college basketball. You know, no tournament this year. This is like the best time of year for me with the co- with all the think of all the jacking off you're gonna get to do now that you're not watching oh, basketball. I, dude, I played um. I played hours of video games instead of watching basketball yesterday. <laughs> so you were super productive. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is after. I, I did some things I needed to do that were productive. This was in the afternoon when I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> I'm not your wife. You don't have to tell me a story. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Neither are our listeners. I had already fished in everything by that point. 
<laughs> but you know, it just when the NBA makes a decision like that, now it's it puts so much pressure on the other leagues to act similar. You know, so nobody could really they're not gonna think for themselves. They're just gonna like oh, we're going to look like assholes if we don't shut down and something does happen, and now the pressure's on them. to They basically have to just because, especially at a higher league or, you know. That we, almost yeah. seems like the bigger issue right now is everybody going, if we don't and something does happen, then that means it's on us. Yeah, and we're going to look like a bunch of assholes. Like we have to do this because of this. It's, well, if we don't and it ends up something does, then they know it's it's from us. Yeah. So everybody's closing because of that. Yep. Uh, and and you it's know, like it's I wanted to kind of promote the whole tying night thing because it's coming up again in a couple of weeks here. Mm-hmm. But I've kind of got to get clearance as to how that's going to work. Yeah. I mean, we're the at a facility business. We're yeah. In. The facility we're at's a business, and they had to close because the school closed, and the business they run's based off the school. Yeah. So if the school's closed and something yeah. happens, well, there's kids be. in and out yeah. of that place constantly. I go pick so, up my daughter on Mondays. Yep. Yeah. So they had to. So I've got to clear it with them that hey, is it alright if we still do this? And if so, I mean, yeah, that's gonna. We want to roll the last tying night of the year then. If if tying night doesn't happen, should we maybe plan a river get together? Maybe we'll just either river get together, yeah, or something. You know, maybe call push it call the guys that we can that and normally finish come. It off. I mean, if we we push it till we, you know, okay, this date's gonna work now and run one last one of the year. Or last one of the season before we start up again in what October probably probably September. October I'd say o- I think we did October last year I think you're right <clears throat> but even after after this month are we going to do like a monthly get together on a river with everyone I wouldn't mind it one bit yeah that's what we should do even if it's walking Wade somewhere pick somewhere different everywhere walking Wade could... pick up trash Dude, you know we no. can do something we take Chad's raft or Chad's boat. My raft, got at least six dudes. That's enough to hold most of I mean, most people. And yeah, if it's set and up if almost it's, like a contest. And or if something. it's warm enough, we we'll can get run some canoes like and per kayaks. Boats or per, maybe even like, let's say, like walking away, we'll have like a team set up or something kind of maybe like fun of the make of the night. <clears throat> yeah. Some kind of aspect to it. Do like a little tournament style. Something see who, like that. who can catch the most inches of fish. Something of that nature, yeah. And then multiply that times the amount of pounds of garbage you pick. That's what we should do. Pounds of garbage times... Where are you getting a scale to weigh all that? No, no one's going to pick up more than a bag of garbage. So we can get a bathroom scale. So pounds of garbage times inches of fish equals the winner. You need three more shots of bourbon. <laughs> Keep thinking, friend. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that that's how we should do it. Now you're getting hey, sophisticated. If we could if we could catch a good weekend, I know the last time we tried to throw all something like that together, you know, the the weekend was it was it was rained out, so yeah. we didn't get the fish best fishing uh Mel conditions. Slater caught caught one fish that weekend. Yeah. And I mean, other than that, we had a great time. Oh, it was yeah. Oh, it wasn't. It was a ball of a time. But you know, it would be nice to have caught some good, some good fishing because there is good fishing on the river. And even from a waiting aspect, there is. We talked about it today, a bunch of spots that we all like to 
accessible and, from uh, waiting. You can catch good fish and big fish from. But and, and I think that's why I like the upper section so much. If you you, you wait it and you, then you get to float over it. If you think about it, though, if you're walking and waiting and trying to catch fish, you're not going to pick up more than three pounds of trash. No, you no. You know not what I mean? unless you have I a boat of was, any size. Knew that we were directing this towards like a trash. Are we doing no, this a monthly thing or like a one-time no, deal? No, one-time deal. No, like I said, like inches the of last fish time. times pounds of trash. A one-time deal. No, yeah. no. You're not talking about a weekly thing. Monthly. Or monthly. Monthly. That'd be fun. Just like some sort of tournament for everyone to come oh, out. A tournament. Wow. I think it would be fun. And then at the end of the year, we'd crown it a trash fish champion. It, it could be fun. Yeah, it could be fun. But now we're getting to be a little much on that. I think a one-time thing would be It's hard more, enough for yeah. us to keep up with a tying night that we do nothing to do ahead of time. All we have to do is put out there and we forget half the time. <laughs> I think one-time thing would be in the... Like if we were going to do it like that one-time thing, if yeah. it was just to meet up and fish once a month, like a tying night, then we meet up and just fish. You know, hey, we're going to meet here. Let's pick a different spot each month. Let's all meet up. Let's go go fish and have a good night. But to do something like that, I think like a one-time deal would be cool for sure. That would be a lot of fun. Okay. And actually set it up ourselves this time. Yeah, but uh, let's not call it a get trashed. Let's call it the, the Trash Fish Championship. And then maybe we can get the Shenango River Watchers on board with it. Comes back Check to it the out. same thing. Because Alcohol. <laughs> That's why they went last time. No, exactly. Last time they wouldn't do it because it was called Get Trashed. Yeah. This so time, maybe that would... if we call it the Trash Fish Championship, they'll they'll uh, enjoy it. You know, they'll get on board with it. So yeah, that'd just be, something to think about. To this, is, this is on-air brainstorming. That'd be good to have. <laughs> no, them are definitely <laughs> the ones left. that you want to have on board with you. I mean, that's exactly, especially for sure. on our river system. Those are the the key people. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, definitely getting it a way that they'll approve and come on. Just that's huge. I agree on that one. Big I'm gonna big. get a hold of Monica tomorrow. If you put this in the wheels, Chad, or uh, you know, actually. Get the wheels turning. Yeah, when are you you're going in June? No, we'll do July when it's low. You know? Yeah. We did yeah, June. Yeah, we, don't we did do July June. or June last time. It was too high. Even August. August might not be terrible. I can't do August. It's just too too much of a fucking clusterfuck of things going on. Yeah, July would probably be the best month for that. Late July? Yeah, mid. Mid, I'd say mid okay. before the heat gets too. Eighteenth ish, eighteenth ish is good. I mean, you're talking like fourth and all that other stuff yeah. right before that. You don't want to be around that either. Exactly. That's not a bad idea at all. I know. I like Look at me. Look at the big brain on Chad. I just brainstormed that while we we're July eighteenth. Okay, there we go. We're kind of we're we're, we're we're now we're getting somewhere. And think about the amount of listeners we've gained since the last time we've done this. We could have a a good showing and have a good turnout. I think it would be a good time. If we keep mm-hmm. if we keep it rolling. Every week we gotta say the same thing. What? Till it happens. We just call it quits now. Fuck it. No, no, no. You get no, a hold of Monica. With the idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm teasing, man. After this show, Chad's never gonna remember this. He drank half a bottle of bourbon. Yeah. I'm gonna remember everything. I'm man. just kidding. I'm gonna be the one that's fine tomorrow while you're hurting at work. 
Nah, I'll be fine. I didn't drink as much as you. I had like three sips to my lips. <laughs> you had like, you had like, go, 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 go. Okay, here, go, here. I, I figured it'd get more use here than it was going to my house. It hadn't been drank since Christmas. You're right. It didn't last uh, three hours here. So, do we have anything else we want to hit on this evening? No, hence the reason about it. Chad drinks bourbon. Tonight was brought to you by <laughs> Maker's, Maker's Mark. Mark. Maker's Mark whiskey. <laughs> if you like Maker's Mark whiskey, listen to tonight's podcast. <laughs> and if you listen to tonight's podcast, you should be drinking Maker's Mark whiskey. Also, tonight's podcast brought to you by Predator Flagger. Check them out at PredatorFlagger.com. Hey, Rex Hooks. Fresh water to salt water. Check them out at RexHooks.com. Simps Fishing. You can find all the products at SimpFishing.com. Tonight's show has been recorded at the Urban Fly Company Studios. Check them out at UrbanFlyCompany.com. Yeti. Built for the wild. If you want some Allsdorf genetic hackle, you also find that at Urban Fly Company. And why not fishing? And they're at the dock. Hey, guys. We'll see you next week. We took this trip to Garden Grove. Smelled like a dog inside the van. Oh, yeah. This ain't no funky reggae party. Five dollars at the door. It gets so real, so... Got the microwave, got the VCR. I got the deuce deuce in the trunk of my car. Oh yeah, if you only knew all the love that I found. It's hard to keep my soul on the ground. You're a fool, don't fuck around with my dog. All that I can see, I steal. I fill up my garage. Cause in my mind, 